0: Talk radio.
1: Oh man, what a thrill to follow Tommy Boyd. Absolutely brilliant. Thanks, Tom. Good evening, dear listener. We are not in New York City. Where are we? Jersey. Jersey, Jersey City. That's where we are. Apparently they're not the same place. 0344 499 Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk.
2: Across the UK, online and on DAB.
0: He has made a covenant with the night, and with the darkness he is in agreement. Uncut, after-hours conversation for the up-all-night generation. Late Night Ian Lee on Talk Radio.
2: We have ways of making you talk.
1: Thank you very much, dear listener. Thank you, Tommy Boyd. Uh, This is Ian Lee, live, not in New York City, we're in Jersey City. No, me neither, but... Um, first of all, of course, just to say that even though we are in New York, we're in constant contact with Edmundo in the studio, and um, we have, we've heard what's happened, uh, we've seen the pictures, and I've heard the stories, and I kind of had to turn things off because I couldn't listen to any more stories, because it was... Um, it's just heartbreaking. If there are any developments in the, uh, uh, the story of the, the, the fire in West London, Rest assured. Despite the fact that we are several thousand miles away, we will be bringing those to you um, as, as soon as we get any. I would be surprised uh, at ten o'clock at night if there were to be any revelations. Would be made, but 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 uh, we'll be listening to the headlines, and Ed's got his eye on what's going on. And if anything um, uh, breaks about that, we will, um, of course, bring it to you. But boy, oh boy, isn't it just the. Saddest story. I mean, you know, we kind of woke up over here, and uh, I I switched my phone on and I had I saw there was a there's a fire in a block of flats. That's that's bad. Um, and then I saw the pictures. Man, alive, incredible. And the first story I heard, and this was uh, was uh, of a woman. And i must you know, I heard this several hours ago. We've we've been offline for the last few hours, so things may have changed. But it was the story of a woman who um, threw her baby out of the ninth floor window. And it was caught. I mean, geez, imagine as a, as a dad, as a dad, having, knowing the only option to save your, um, child is to throw them from a ninth floor window and hope they're caught. Um, and and thank God, Allah, spirit, whatever. That um, I believe that baby was caught. Um, it is just the saddest, saddest story, and it, it, doesn't it feel like the world's gone mad? The last two years, it just—I I, honestly, I don't know what's going on. Well, we were talking to um, the, the Amanda, we're, we're the radio station in in uh, in America. I'll give you more on that in a bit, but since it's kind of um, Brexit, Trump. A really weird, screwy general election. If I, I think I've got this right. That Theresa May hasn't properly formed a government yet. The terrorist attacks and then... So, um, our thoughts have been with the, the families and the victims and the friends. And, and you know, uh, as always, I don't even need to say that. And if anything is revealed throughout the evening, we will give you that. In the meantime, let us try and uh, entertain, try to lighten the mood, try to bring to you some of... New York, we are in New York um, You can watch us on Periscope Periscope.tv slash Ian Lee You can call in, right And here's the thing, I just mentioned online That you could call in And someone Just said, how much will it cost us I said, what do you mean, how much will it cost you He said, well, is it international Rates um, There's Catherine there, but I can't really make that work Is it international, I said, no you idiot what, what, You phone in London, it's the same number, and using the magic of technology, you will um, speak to Ed, and you can laugh at Ed, and you can then come on the air. I should warn you, if you do come on, we are broadcasting today from WFMU, which is this really groovy little radio station that i discovered about two years ago it is staffed almost entirely by volunteers they have no advertising on it every year they'll have a, a like a, a fundraising day um and listeners phone up and say i'll, I'll give you twenty dollars yeah it keeps you going I, I donated money to it last year and we had a tour around and it is the coolest coolest place they don't let visitors into the um, record library, they keep the record libraries, and it's a sign saying, "Friends, family uh, and uh, visitors are not allowed in the record library. We look through the window. There were there's got to be at least five thousand LPs in there, like proper vinyl LP. I mean, it was stunning. Um But we are broadcasting from there today, and uh, I should warn you if you are calling in that we have a ever such a slight delay on the line, a, a sli- slightly larger delay than I would like to have. So, um, we, you know, it means we might be talking over each other. But 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 oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. Yes, Ed Ed, is, Ed you're complaining about table noise. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it sounds like there's another mic on there. There isn't. I tell you what it is. No, it's not on. I tell you what it is. is I'm, I'm leaning. I'm standing because Kath has taken the only chair, Mm -hmm. and I'm leaning on a table, and it's a noisy table. You're just going to have to deal with it. I'll deal with that then. You're going, Alan. Can you deal with it? I can cope with it. Sorry. I can cope with it. Yeah, good. I didn't ask if you could cope with it. I asked if you could deal with it, man. I can deal with it. Can you dig it? I can dig it, sir. Can, can you give me a high five? High five, sir. That's what I'm talking about, Alan. How the devil are you?
2: I, man, I'm gutting myself from
1: last night. What? What? What happened last night? I missed. You soiled the bed. You oh You yes. You missed Steve Guttenberg. We had breakfast with Steve Guttenberg. All of these bits and pieces. We, we have recorded so much stuff. We've recorded too much stuff. Um, so that, that it, if it's not gone out as a podcast yet, it soon will do. And we will be providing links to all of these places. So don't, don't you worry, guys. I come bearing bad news from back home. Uh-oh. The latest numbers in London, 12 hmm. died. Yes, well, um, I wouldn't be surprised if that, ra- that uh, rose a little bit more.
0: And can quit as leader of Liberal Democrats?
1: Yes, I know that's weird, isn't it? Oh no! What? Why has he quit? A conflict of beliefs. A conflict of beliefs.
3: Because he's a Christian.
1: Well, Christians can still lead... T- I am fiddling around now. Sorry, guys, on Periscope. That's as loud as it's going to be for the calls. Um, well, I, you can still be a Christian and, and um, uh, be a leader of the Liberal Democrats, not No, on, but you. he was questioned about his views of gay marriage. Well, I thought he said that gay marriage was OK. But he doesn't believe it because he was a devout Christian. No, but hang on a minute. Did he say he doesn't believe it? Yeah. D- did Tim... Are you, hang on a minute. Bearing in mind, you're potentially libeling someone. How, has Tim Farron come out and said... Um, actually, I think that gay marriage is wrong, and I I couldn't say that before.
0: He was questioned it during the campaign. Yeah, but he
1: didn't say it during the campaign. Well, he was questioned about it, and he said he was
2: unsure about answering because he was, was between leading a political party and he's being asked Alan, questions. you are
1: spreading you are spreading fake news. He's I'm not come out. You're you're doing the Trump. Well, try and hold it in. He has not come out and said, I think that gay marriage is bad because I'm a Christian.
2: Has he? Has he? Well, well I checked on the has BBC he? News website. Had, read it. No, I checked it earlier. I don't think you
1: checked it. I think you may have fallen asleep and dreamt you checked it. What well, do did it bother you in. No, that wasn't. That was Pam Ewing that dreamt it. Unless, hang on a minute, unless Bobby Ewing dying and he coming back shower. to life and, and in the shower was Pam Ewing's dream. But like Inception, it was really Bobby Ewing's dream.
2: Well, who knows what works in the world of Dallas? Who
1: know? I tell you what, I tell you what, one of my favourite episodes of Dallas, uh, Alan, yeah. was when... Um, uh, is it Ellie Mae? Was that her name? She asked JR to go to the shops. Do you remember that yeah. one? Yeah. It, yeah, because she wanted a um, a cheese and pickle sandwich, right? Yeah. And she said, JR, we've got the cheese. I've got the Branstons. Could you go to the shop? And he's like, why do you want me to go? Why do you want me to go to the shop, Ellie Mae? She says, because we haven't got any bread. Thank you. Oh, three. it's a great system, isn't it? It's a great System oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you will be it, listen. It will cost you pennies. It is quite possibly free, um, and we call you back. You're not phoning. The United States, you'll be connected to the United States. It won't be an international call, um, but you are very welcome to um, uh, 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 call in and you can speak to us, 0344 Catherine. Yes. Hey. Hi. Nice to see you. Nice to be seeing you. Um, t- today has um, been... <laughs> I- I'm having the time of my life. Yeah. When I left you last night, I went to my room and... I messed around on Twitter and Facebook as, as, as is <laughs> my wife. That's so unlike you. I took, here's the, here's what I did. And you, you I, I called you up to come and see it. We were really worried because we couldn't get the ethernet, the internet that you plug in in my hotel room to work. Yours didn't have a socket. Mine didn't work. And we were hoping to do the radio show t- tomorrow from my hotel room, you know, and I'd managed to get it to work. By unscrewing the thing from the wall, pulling it out, and having a fiddle. Yeah,
4: and how did you unscrew it? What did you use?
1: I used your tweezers.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so we got it. We've we've got the internet to work. So actually, that that was an achievement last night. Yeah. But then we were gonna. Ha- we had something last night, and then it, it kind of fell through. I think I was Sparko by. Um, I think by half nine, I was gone. Sorry, big yawn there.
4: It's tiring, but we were out all day, aren't we? And we are, we are pounding the streets.
1: Well, I was I'm pounding flat... last night.
4: Oh, God. I'm wearing ah. flat shoes. Yes. Oh. Which is not really my thing, but, yes. it, you know, needs must.
1: It is. Uh, it, 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 we are having the... Listen, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to say, oh, man, this is so tough. We're out in New York. No, I love loads it. Of... We are having the best time ever but our boss thinks that we're out seeing broadway shows getting out getting pedicures and manicures going um uh, i I really wanted to go to the banana republic which i love that shop right but we haven't i want to go record shopping and i want to buy some clothes we haven't had a second and i don't think we will
4: no and i've been away from home for like a whole week no kids yeah and i've not had one glass of wine not one no not not, one not one
1: no about 20. (laughs) Um, <laughs> so,
4: no, I mean, and people keep recommending places to go and they sound amazing, but here's, it's torture because Here's it can't. the thing.
1: Here's the thing, right? Um, you need to change your settings on there so the screen doesn't save. Uh, here's the thing. Loads of you recommended places to go and people to go and stuff like that. Thanks very much. Well, then Dom, right? If you go to the preferences. Dom. <laughs> who is, um, you know, he's a regular listener, he's a contributor to the show. He said, what did, what did he say the place was called? High Line. He says, go to the High Line. You have to go to the High Line. Go to, the... you'll love the High Line. it's great. And what it is, it's an abandoned railway that's about 30 feet up in the air, and they've turned it into like a walkway with flowers. It's rubbish. All it is, it's just a really long bridge with grass. Well, you can sometimes look into people's bedroom windows. You can look in a lot. And we heard, yes. uh,
4: Amanda was telling us earlier on, that yes. um, people who enjoy um, performing, let's yes. just say, yes. informally for people, um, have got wires to this and started booking hotel rooms with, with uh, views onto the High Line, so people can uh, feast their eyes upon whatever they're doing.
1: Amanda is my friend Amanda Nazaria, who is one of the DJs at WFMU. She's been on my show. And it, it, she, we are the kind of 21st century pen pals. In as much as we have been emailing and tweeting each other and we kind of helped each other out with things, And we met for the first time today and we squealed like schoolgirls, Catherine. We squealed. It was a proper It was was a beautiful ah! moment.
4: It was a bit like, you know, the railway children. My daddy, oh my daddy. Wasn't that that, that it wasn't anything like that, it. was a a lot like that.
1: That's a weird thing to say. No. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio.
0: Late nights, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking.
1: Is that your serious face? Yeah. Does this see that again for the Periscopers? Yeah. That's 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 uh, about as
5: good as it can. that's <laughs>
1: sucking a lemon face. That's what that is. Uh, this is Ian Lee. Uh, Catherine is there. Hello, Kat Hey, we are live from Jersey City, which is like I don't know near New York City.
4: Yes, near enough.
1: Thank right. you very much indeed. Uh, and today we are broadcasting from WFMU, which is our, our, I don't really understand it, but I know I like it. It's a station that is run almost entirely, with a few exceptions, uh, by volunteers. Uh, they have no advertising it just every year it, it, once a year do you have the fundraising or is it twice a year that you do unless
6: it?
7: there's an emergency yeah, yeah. Um, there's a there's a one or two
5: yeah usually one but we'll do an emergency and So silent. you do, like we'll do a, kind a kind of, silent fundraiser if things get really bad you
7: do a bad.
1: marathon day and people f- will write an email and phone in and say oh, yeah i'm going to give you i'll give you some money to keep this thing going and i i donated money last year because i love Thank you. the concept um we don't have anything like this in, in, in the UK. Oh, we've got Kim and Emily, by the way, I should say, who, who are two of the Hi. DJs. Um, tell us a bit about your show. Who's going to go first?
5: Um... I can, I guess. Oh, oh, you're
1: so, <laughs> so polite here in America. I- <laughs> so polite. It's not at all what you've heard. <laughs> maybe
5: never been said about us. Um, our show's called In Real Life. Yeah. Um, it's an hour-long program, and every week we tackle a different theme or subject, uh, and we go around trying to understand it by interviewing oh. people that are doing something interesting or unique or different or that we don't understand
1: so so okay this week what what was the theme
5: um this week we went on a farm crawl which is similar to a bar crawl okay um or bar hopping but with farms and strawberries i got to hold a chicken
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know you can hypnotize chickens no i did yeah. yeah did you try it
7: no. You, what well, you do? You, I, it's I, rude I, to do that to someone else's chicken. You oh, can do it to your own.
1: You well, do it I, to your own chicken. For years and years, I've heard this thing about how you can hypnotize chickens. And my uh, mother-in-law has got some chickens, and I went and tried it the other day. I couldn't get it to work, and she came out. She's going, "What, Ian? What are you doing with the chicken? And what, you're supposed to put its <laughs> head down and then draw a line with your finger from its beak out, <laughs> and then it's hypnotized." and you can tell it maybe i'm think thinking lobsters chicken.
7: to put them yeah. before you put them in the pot
1: you, hit, you can't hit the lobsters can you sure how
7: well, you do the same thing
1: dear listener if you've ever had cause to hypnotize an animal oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand this is kind of the level of the show is people phoning in saying they've hypnotized animals Ooh. but so what were you trying to find out about farms then? just what they are
5: well i'm from a much more rural area of the country yeah. and i actually didn't realize there were any farms in new jersey oh and so this was sort of um this was our Proof, I guess. Proof. Kim, Kim drove me to some farms <laughs> to prove that there are farms in New Jersey, and there are. There,
7: there's some stereotypes about this state. Yeah, you fly into Newark, you yeah. know, it kind of looks a bit arm-pity. It's yeah. a little gross. You've got oil refineries. You've got New York, but if you go a little bit further, great. it doesn't smell great. In certain areas. Mm. Um, but if you go a little bit further west, it's yeah. called the Garden State, yeah. New Jersey,
5: so- which I always just thought was ironic. Yeah, but it it turns out, <laughs> out it's actually yeah. Really they're, they're
1: naming states and cities ironically <laughs> <Yeah>. these days, <laughs> right? So Emily, so where are you from then? If you're not from New I, York,
5: I'm from North Carolina.
1: Okay, now I don't know anything about that place.
5: We don't have a spectacular reputation. Really? What? Yeah. Give me. But uh, it's what's mostly the- political.
1: Oh, well, wow, yeah. Who comes from there?
5: Um. Uh, Pat McCrory, <laughs> who's uh, he's a he's a our former governor yeah, who passed some really nasty. Uh, sort of anti anti LGBT. Oh, one of recently. those guys. Yeah, yeah. One
1: of mm-hmm. those guys. Yeah. Hey, well, at least you've got a president now who's sensitive to those uh, to, to those minority groups. That's going to be great for you, has not it?
7: <laughs> it just have to wait. We'll just have to wait.
6: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Kim, are, uh, I can't Kim,
1: even are you from you for, um, you're from New York? I'm from New Jersey. From New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Can I do my my New York accent for you? I would love it. Okay, I'm from New Jersey. And I'm gonna pop a cap up your ass. That's pretty good. It's not bad, is it? No. Catherine's no. always um, embarrassed when I do my voices. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah,
7: I, I love it. Why. I love it when foreigners do accents. I, should I do my English accent? Oh, I was
1: hoping you would say that. Yes, please.
7: <laughs> yes, please. Thank you very much. <laughs>
4: Actually, that's not
1: bad at all. All right, that is that is pre- that is pretty good, In it? Can you say in it? In it. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> how you were saying to me, I was politely saying before you came on. By the way, I've not listened to your show, and you went, "Oh, it's a new show," which, of mm-hmm. course, I knew. I was aware of that. I didn't know. Um, how long have you been doing it for?
5: Uh, we're on episode number forty tonight. Oh wow, mm-hmm. wow. Um, and
1: uh, how? I don't quite Amanda was trying to explain to me How and Alan You're on the line I'll come to you in a minute I promise um, Stay tuned Alan Stay tuned Alan Don't go anywhere Don't go
7: Alan We're watching you
1: <laughs> Ken is Ken is the head honcho here isn't he, he Yeah He runs the see, He's not been here from day one has he
7: yeah. More wow. yeah, Yeah, yeah. Before, before day one,
1: because <laughs> it started with sixty-eight, sixty-nine, something like that. The station you don't know, do you? I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, Upsala College. So it was
7: before it went defunct. So okay. he was he was wow. working at the radio station at Upsala College, yeah, which was in uh, I think that's it was like, in the '60s, yeah, in yeah. the '60s in mm-hmm. the in the shady section of the oranges of New Jersey. Wow. And then when um, there were some financial difficulties, uh, he ended up with i think some help um bought the station and wow. ended up moving, know, moving it to, it jersey, to city. jersey city in it's, the i
1: love it um, 90s. but but to get to you your volunteers right you don't get paid no.
7: don't, don't tell my mom but no <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> oh, i'm so proud of her she's got her own radio show she's making a fortune <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, but to get to get the slot you can't you have to write a proposal yes and submit it yes so how, right, okay first of all how did you two meet how did you two get together
5: um it's cute, actually. We met in the hallway downstairs.
1: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> that is cute. That's like an American sitcom at yeah. the start of a movie. Yeah.
5: Um, I contacted Ken, the station manager, yeah. wanting to had this sort of vague idea for a show that yeah. I wanted to do. And he said, you know who you should talk to is Kim, because she might be interested in contributing. And we had never met before. And so he just introduced us wow. in the hallway when Kim was running to board up someone else's show. Yeah. And we started talking about it. And, and we just, like, right after meeting, started growing this idea for a show together, and we've been inseparable ever now, since. Now, do you
1: really like each other? Or, well, no, or is it that you knew the show wouldn't get commissioned unless you two got on?
7: No, here's the thing. Like, I don't get along with most women. Right. And instantly, we had a connection. Wow. And, and I mean, we didn't think that we were going to get a show. Yeah. I mean, we just decided, you know, Ken's idea of, like, why don't you put an audition tape together and let's hear how it sounds. Yeah. So we rode around in taxis all day long, which mm-hmm. which now other podcasts have picked up this idea. Right, <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and are
5: riding around in taxis talking to Uber drivers. Yeah, but that was our idea that first. Was our idea.
7: But yeah, yeah no one we rode around ever done and instantly no. had a had a we have a good rapport. Mm-hmm. We don't Take things personally when we're editing things down. Yeah. It's just a really
5: yeah. good... And we're doing a whole summer series where it's all road trips. So we're spending a lot of time wow. together the whole summer. And it's been good so far. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So just, far. It, you never it, know. It could get nasty. But you know what? You laugh
7: at my jokes. That's the most... That's there
1: you yeah. go, You see? <laughs> but your, her eyes are screaming, help me, help me.
7: It's radio, they um, don't have to see that. It's interesting you said that
1: because me and Kath, you know, we, we, on this trip in particular, we go out with our little portable recorder, recorder and we record stuff and I kind of record it. And when we do another show, a podcast called The Rabbit Hole, I record it, I hand it over to Kath who is the producer and is way more technically competent than I am. And you kind of have to put your really goes to one side. I say, T- if you don't think it works, take it out if mm-hmm. you, you know if it, 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 you have to trust the other person that you're working with don't you
7: yeah it, it's hard well in the case that she's a producer so yeah. she kind of has that well that steady. that role yeah to actually be the editor where well. in in our place we really have to be very much in sync
5: yeah and, and we both do both yeah. like we both conduct interviews and we both edit,
1: edit. yeah yeah um what was the very first episode you did? What was the th- what was the theme? Uh,
5: taxi Cabs. Taxi so, cabs. Yep. We rode around and we interviewed cab and Uber and Lyft drivers.
1: Um and at Lyft drivers.
5: Oh Lyft is just another Uber. Oh okay, but, right. Yeah, it's and a sharing. I'm
1: so so surprised to see you've got Uber over here as well. We've got it in the UK. We
6: oh, we'll see
7: how long it lasts now <laughs> that the guy stepped down, the CEO. Oh
1: no, hang on. What's happened to Uber? <laughs> is the boss stepped down? I didn't know this. He
7: did. He said he had inappropriate comments to, uh, is, was it, uh, a- the Huffington Post lady, right? Oh, really? Oh,
2: Ariana Huffington. Yeah, Ariana
7: Huffington. Ooh. He had some sexually Oy. charged comments. Wowzers. <clears throat>
4: Didn't he say something about women talking too much? <laughs> I, think, I think it was yeah. along those lines, yeah. but
7: that might have just been another thing that he had said in the past. Okay, he's wow. he's had he's had some some troubles with the, with I mean, the females. A, uber's,
6: uber's
1: really controversial. The females
7: have had troubles with Uber. Uber's
1: him. really controversial in the UK because the, the uh, and I have to say this phrase, because I said this phrase to Keith and the girl yesterday, and they were like, you can't say that. Black cab drivers, and by black cabs I mean the cabs are the color black. That's oh, what we call sure, them. That's yeah. what we call them over there. We call them yellow cabs here. Yeah, exactly. Here. And
7: it's not racist either. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. But the black cab drivers hate it because there's this this company that is coming in and undercutting them, and uh, it's all a technicality as to whether it's run by a meter or not, and it's it's all a little bit up in the air.
7: Uh, let me tell you, I took a cab from the Dallas airport to my hotel yeah. with a cab and it was $32. Yeah. And then I took an Uber on the way back and it was $7. Wowzers. So I feel like, you know, there's, there's a bit of a racket coming from yeah, the yeah. taxi cab organizations and the that. unions and, you know, I'm all for ride-sharing. It's a great uh, program. It's,
1: it's that thing, is it? It's mm-hmm. the great tradition. It, it's a thrill being in New York and seeing the yellow cabs, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's pricey. Um, so you did cabs. Well, And, and how, um, how far ahead have you planned your themes? I mean, do you know what you're doing for the next month? <laughs> That's is our it?
5: tradition. Um... <laughs> <laughs>
7: tell our tradition how do we come up with our next show idea
5: Um, our next show idea usually comes out of our previous show idea or or no (laughs) I'm
7: thinking when I drop you off at the pad station and then we're like what should we do next week and in the
5: car we have an epiphany (laughs) yeah for a while though we were doing an episode and at some point in that episode someone would Mm. say something and we would be like that's our next episode. Wow. Like, and we would get our next subject through our last subject. I see what you're something. saying. Yeah, Networking. Yeah. Yeah.
1: working. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the, what's the audience reaction? Because the, the thing about this station, I've noticed, because uh, I've been looking mixed. on Twitter. Oh, do we have an audience? Do yeah. <laughs> we have an audience? Don't say mixed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but because of the way it's run, because of the way it's funded, because of, of the nature of it, um, and there is nothing like this in the UK, and it's to our detriment that we don't have anything mm-hmm. like this. Um, the, the audiences seem to find their shows, mm-hmm. and they latch on, and they, they, they love it. What, what What's your audience like?
7: Well, what I'd like to just bring up is the fact that there's the ACU playlist which really shows you yeah. um, just a message board of the commenters for each individual show. Yeah. So you can have certain people that carry over from one show to the next and you have dedicated listeners for your show yeah. that hop on. And it's a really beautiful platform to allow you to interact with your listeners while you're yeah. on the air. Mm-hmm. Um, so it so they give they give real time feedback. I mean we had an intro we have the uh, a song that starts and if we don't have enough time to kind of get things rolling we kind of have a loop at the end yeah. instant feedback hated hearing <laughs> the tammy's egyptian shumbo with that extra
5: extended people didn't ending. like the extended version so you get
7: real time feedback but also i mean you'll you'll hear it if you don't yeah. do the station id in time yeah. but it's 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 that's how interactive it
5: is
1: weirdos you got a few weirdos you must have a few weird- we have a
5: lot of weirdos we have Yeah. A, yeah that's you know We're that's a station a- full of weirdos it's <laughs> Building full of weirdos. The people
1: upstairs are very odd.
5: The people aren't they? upstairs wow, are very the odd. the suits. They can hear us.
1: Hey! The open. hey, listen, we're going to take a quick break. Stay there because when we get back, I want to. I'm, we're going to tell people how we can listen to you okay. and with Twitters oh. and pages, all of those things we'll do. Um, Alan, I, pr- I can see you on the screen. I promise I will come to you in a bit. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio.
0: Late nights, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking.
1: Hello, dear listener. We are live from Jersey City. Uh, Kath, I'm not quite sure what you're doing.
4: I am just talking to Ed.
1: Oh, are we in trouble?
4: No, I'm just checking that the last hour's okay. Okay,
1: good, good, good. We got the last hour is um, a, a chat we had with Kenny Kramer, who Kramer is based on um, in Seinfeld. But we are coming today from WFMU, and uh, as a radio geek, this is just the coolest thing. You know, we've we've had a tour and we recorded a little tour with my friend Amanda we're going to put that out next week as a podcast because it's like 25 minutes and it's kind of too much for the show but I don't want to cut any of it out so we're going to we'll put that out as a podcast next week which you Radio anaracs, and I know there are plenty of you out there uh, will thoroughly enjoy we're joined by Kim and Emily who do a show now what's the name of your show
7: in real life.
1: In real life. Okay. And um, how, how can people, because the station's website is WFMU.org.
7: Exactly. I
1: love that yeah. one. Um, how do they get to your show in, in particular?
7: The easiest way, if you go on to WFMU.org, yeah. you'll end up going to you know, the top banner and yeah. you'll see the schedule. Go on the schedule because not only our show yeah. is on there and it's on Wednesdays. At 7 p.m. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but also you get to see who's on the whole schedule. And hey, so changes. you're on tonight. So summer just we are. we're on in about an hour.
1: And is it all pre-recorded or is it li- bits of it live or?
5: Uh, it's both, yeah. Okay. Pre-recorded and some live Oh, life, but, wow. Yeah.
1: Um, and the, 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 go and look at the schedule. Don't be daunted by it because it yeah. is... Overwhelming. Overwhelming (laughs) is an excellent (laughs) word. If you like a genre of music, if you like um, a certain kind of chat, if you... It is on yeah, there It's represented Somewhere yeah.
5: There's, We have something For everybody okay. It
1: is It is incredible I've been, I've been desperately Trying to um, get a show On here But uh, Amanda and Ken Aren't interested I, I think they're missing Could you put
7: You've got to stuff A lot of envelopes Before you go on <laughs> We
1: the met um, mm-hmm. a young lady Whose name escapes me It's her first day here As an intern And she was in there Stuffing oh, envelopes
6: sure, Madeline.
1: Madeline. And Not she, uh, she was And she was yeah. thrilled You know yeah. To be in there Doing it Which Madeline's is incredible yeah. um, I'm assuming you're On Twitter It's 2017 You're Americans you would be Foolish not to be on Twitter.
5: We aren't. Are we on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Here's wow. the funny thing.
7: I I'm the one that <laughs> she
5: does. All, she's the social media savvy
1: one. Not in me.
7: real life, WFMU, and you can find us on Twitter
1: at In Real Life WFMU, yep. uh, yeah. and that's where you are. That's, that's where Twitter we
7: are. Handle.
1: Okay. And if you if if you yeah. find them, say hello to them. Say you found them through uh, this show. Um, send, email me all everything. And yeah. go, I, I keep saying because we got so many uh, Twitter handles and websites that we're giving out this week. Early next week, I'm going to write one or two blogs and just just put everything in there and list all the people we met. Wish
3: and to put the
1: pictures to. up. Yes, this is where you need to go. Thank you so much for Thank coming in. So and much. next
5: week we're going to the Mermaid Parade, so that should. The be, what? Sorry. Oh, the Mermaid Parade.
1: Hang on. Well, hang on. Oh, no, hang no, on. no, you got what, yeah. what the hell is the why mer- <laughs> What is the Mermaid Parade?
5: Um, the Mermaid Parade happens at Coney Island every year <laughs> in mermaids. New York City. Uh, yeah, like real dress ones. Up, well, people dress okay. up like mermaids, and then there's a Mister and Mrs. Coney Island USA pageant, and wow. there's parade, oh yeah, uh huh, yeah, it's a crazy. Day. you
1: guys are living the dream
5: yeah thanks. so Have nice to meet
1: you thank you so much for coming in thanks for having um, good us. luck with the show tonight I hope it goes well we'll speak to you again soon thanks so much take good care bye-bye Bye. there we go that's uh, kim and emily uh, fantastic i love this station Kath, because it's all done it's the it's the concept that, that we met that young intern right the work experience i guess we call madeline her. yeah yeah and um she was in there literally just stuffing envelopes With the hugest grin on her face. And we got chatted to her, and you'll hear it next week in the podcast. And uh, she just, she loves the station so much. It's how Amanda, our friend, got here. She loved the station so much. The thing is, they're all coming from different places artistically, right? They've all got different
4: ideas. They're very protective of their show ideas because they're all really original and highly personal. Oh, yeah. This is not a formatted radio station. But they are all pulling in the same direction, which is the love of radio and absolutely having the time of their lives regardless of what their role
1: is And here. some of the some of the formats nearly all of the formats are nuts and weird because, unlike us, you know, we are a commercial station. We are we 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 get our money through advertisers and sponsorship, and so there has to be a certain amount of return for those advertisers, and that comes in listener figures. They haven't got that restraint. No. It's there's, there's there's no one, um, uh, you know, there's no big company going. Well, we've invested ten thousand dollars and we're just not getting doesn't exist
4: no doesn't exist it's all about loving it and um and and that is the beauty of it that they're able to experiment
1: we're going to speak to a guy a bit later on who's doing a show now called Irwin. erwin i can't pronounce his last name so i won't but 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 he does a show here and some of you will get this reference he discovered the langley schools music project I'll explain more later on, but there will be some of you going, oh, that guy, Uh, he's coming on later. Alan, you've been waiting on the line for ages, sir. I can only apologise. Good evening to you. Good evening. How are you, Ian? I'm very, very well, Alan. I'm having the time of my life, honestly. It's the best place in the world, and we've met such wonderful people. It's brilliant. I know, it sounds absolutely fantastic. I've been listening to you most nights, Ian, when I've been coming in from work. You say most nights, Alan. Uh-oh. well, A bit disappointing. Well, I I I, I missed last night, Ian, because I I, I, I I didn't I wasn't very well last night, Ian. I'd got a bad Uh-oh. back mate. uh Oh, what happened? Uh-oh. Did you did you not bend? Did you not lift through your knees? Uh,
0: no, I twisted me back. I'm a bus driver, Ian. For yeah. me living, and I, I twisted funny, and the seat what I was sitting on yesterday, yes. uh, it, was, it wasn't yeah. one of these comfy seats, so um, everything everything what comes through the seat. Uh,
1: my back was a uh, bump, bump, bump. A bump, bump, bump. Oh, <laughs> blimey, mate. How are you doing now? Uh, well, they've given me a couple of days off to get myself right. So, see how I go from there, mate. H- here's what you need to do. And, by the way, don't anybody take any medical advice I may give, as I had my um, doctorate removed from me and I cannot go into why I've signed a non-disclosure agreement. But here's what I do when I have a bad back, is I lie on the floor, I bring my knees up and put my feet on the floor, so I'm making a kind of pyramid with my legs, and I put um, a book, the thickness of um, a good autobiography under my head. That is the Alexander technique, and that helps stretch my spine very gently and straighten things out a bit. Yeah, that sounds cool, that does. <laughs> but if, it, but I just have yeah, to say, for legal reasons, if it gets worse, it, you're on your own. Nothing to do with me, and I wish you the very best. Oh, of Right. Life.
0: Okay. Cheers, Ian. Thank you very much on that. And how are you, Kath? Are You okay?
4: I'm oh. all right, thank you. All the better for hearing from you, Alan. <laughs> and I'm sorry that you're not doing very well backwise.
0: Well, that's all right. I'll I'll get there. You know that. Uh, and uh, I thought I'd just say hello to you over in the states tonight. Uh, I tried the other night, but you were you were so overwhelmed with calls and you, Ian oh, was talking busy. all the way, <laughs> you were busy. And just it's
1: <laughs> my job is to talk for crying out loud. What the hell is you? um, Alan, I tell you what they like, don't have over here that I would could murder right now is bread and butter pudding. 03444991000 is the telephone number. We are live in New Jersey, which is just over the road from New York. We're after this. Um, uh, we have to jump in a cab and go all the way to Brooklyn to Union Hall where, um, John Ronson and Maeve Higgins, you would have heard Maeve on Monday show are doing, um, their show. So it's, it's, it's full on. It's frantic. Tomorrow, here's the thing. Tomorrow uh, tomorrow evening, we're seeing Stephen Page live at the City Winery. Wine. Our names are on the door. We're on his guest list. Um, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And we'll, hopefully, we'll get to have a chat with him. Um, but tomorrow uh, at lunchtime midday, we're going to Imani Coppola's apartment. Mm-hmm. And I am terrified. Yeah,
4: I said to you, maybe you want to go on your own.
1: No, I won't, no I'm No, i scared. Here, i tell you what I'm scared. Loads of reasons. One, I'll be honest. I think she's incredibly beautiful. Two... I'm such a huge fan It is You know I, I, I It's such a huge fan And I forgot to bring I'm really annoyed I forgot to bring Something for her to sign Three She absolutely terrifies yeah.
4: me I'm going to be the third wheel In this scenario
1: <laughs> But we're going to go to her house Have you brought enough bleeps with you To edit it Because she's got a very potty mouth I may and have we'll to import some We'll be on her home to <laughs> Um, you can give us a call if you want 0344 uh, you can ask us about New York you can tell us about New York um, you don't worry we, we have an eye on the news and if any further revelations or developments in that horrific story um, about the fire in West London of course we will bring that to you but I, I just I'm kind of hoping that tonight uh, in what is home another miserable day that hopefully we can just bring a little bit of sunshine a little bit of the new york um uh, uh, jo- what is it joie de vivre
6: mm.
1: is that what i said There, good library book yeah. Yeah? Want to bring a good library book to you from New York. 344 Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late Nights, Ian Lee on Talk Radio.
0: We'll get you talking.
1: Dear listener, this is Ian Lee live. Well, not from New York City tonight. We're in Jersey City. Which, I mean, it's, we're like... Five minutes away How can you have two cities Next to each other That seems odd to me That seems bad That seems bad town planning
4: Only in America
1: Only in America but it's
4: through the Holland Tunnel
1: I don't know what that means You if were asleep you, I wasn't asleep you I, was, I was not I, Do you know what I wasn't asleep I was meditating
6: Were you? Yeah I was
1: meditating In the back of that um, Uber Because I was knackered <laughs> And I needed a little a little recharge. Uh, coming up later in the show, you're going to hear the chat that we had uh, with um, uh, Kenny Kramer, who Cosmo Kramer from Seinfeld was based on. Uh, we went and met him earlier on this morning and had a chat. He's absolutely brilliant. We're also going to speak to Erwin. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, so I don't w- want to say it. because Erwin we'll, we'll, Chucid, C-H-U-S-I-D.
4: I'm going to say yes
1: We will we'll find out when he comes And boy oh boy I'm looking forward to meeting him He's one of the DJs here at WFMU And um, Langley School's uh, Music Project guys That's all I'm going to say And some of you will not have a clue And some of you will be going Oh my god Really? Space Oddity by some Canadian children From the 70s Um So, we're going to be talking to him later on. You are more than welcome, though, of course, to give us a call this evening. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. And no, dear listener, it won't be like... Genuinely, we've had people emailing and on Periscope tonight going, yeah, I can't afford to phone America. Well, you're not. You're not not phoning America. Through computer technology, you'll be speaking to us in America, but you won't be uh, phoning through. Here's um, Now, I I surprised you earlier on with um, a rumor. We can do this, actually, school rumors. I like this. (laughs) We did the thing, didn't we, about... um, uh, rumors about teachers and g- t- gossip about teachers yeah. uh, school rumors we can do uh, because you offered me a polo and i said Couldn't then you made t- a joke i said about, don't
4: have too many yeah
1: and i said why because it'll make me pregnant and you won't no, it'll give you the runs yeah and you had never there was a rumor going around my school when i was a kid that if you ate too many polos you would get Pregnant, really? And you'd never heard that no. before. Oh. I thought that was an, a, a national thing that swept through the country. If you ate too many... Like, oh, uh, Nigel! Hello there. I can't hey, be the only great. person who's heard the rumour that if you eat too many polos, you get pregnant. No, I've not heard that one. Have you not heard that one? 344 499 There must be other people who are aware of that. And you're, of course, welcome to share your school rumours with us this evening, please. Nigel, what have you got for us?
2: Yeah, I'm just saying, uh, the show this week, it's, it's been like a bit of a travel postcard, really. Because I was thinking about going abroad this year, and I was thinking where to go and I, I'm really fancying New York now after do listening it. to the, this week. You know, just like, but not the touristy places, like the places that are just off the beaten track. Yeah, it sounds, because ri- it. It, it like you kind of don't go into those type of places to do yeah. the show, which yeah, we, it sounds we, we, really it, good. Well, I'm, thank you. I'm glad you
1: said that, Nigel, because that's kind of what we're doing. That's why um, yeah, we're, we're trying to interview people out on the street, so you get to hear the traffic and the honking of the horns. Um, and we've been given because we're press we've been given free passes to the empire state building to statue of liberty coney island all of those places um we're going to these out of the way places yeah we went to central park and had a wander around there but that's you know that was just a lovely sunday up nigel are you reversing a truck no
2: i'm
1: on a train I'm flipping Oh, uh, yes. Unbelievable. Um and it, it, you know, it's it, you, you can get hypnotized by New York and hypnotized by Times Square because it's so big, it's so bright, it's so show business. Um but just yeah, go and find off the beaten play, uh, beaten track places and have a look around. I heartily recommend New York, definitely. Kath? Yeah,
4: and do the Kenny Kramer tour yeah. because he will take you to places even oh. if you're not massively into Seinfeld, he'll take you to places that's
1: real New York. What isn't? was Ke- no because Kenny Craig cheese- we did
2: Go on Have you been to the uh, cheese uh, uh cheesecake uh, factory
1: or- No we haven't because there isn't <laughs> one anywhere near us I've checked there's nowhere near where we're staying we have had we had some apple crumble <gasps> cheesecake oh yesterday God, so good. Uh, but no we've I- I'm really gutted because one of the things I wanted to do was go to my favorite restaurant the cheesecake factory they've got like 260 different types of cheesecake but no they're nowhere near us I'm afraid Nigel no, j-
2: all right. Uh, can I just ask
1: you, uh, you know the kit that you're recording with? What is it? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Well, you, <laughs> right. The kit that we're broadcasting on now is called a Comrex, and it's, it's the thing that got nicked in Manchester. Uh, and uh, the right. thing that we are recording on is my little Zoom um, I think it's an H6, and it is absolutely wonderful, but it does not cost a lot of bread, I'll tell you that.
4: But there are different models, and I've got a cheaper one, and it's, you know, depending on what you want to use it well, for, it's just as good. Well, well uh, no, it's no, not quite as good, but it's no, good
1: enough. No, but buy cheap, buy twice. I haven't bought twice, That's my got thing. One. Now, what got Now, here's the thing. We interviewed Kenny Kramer. You'll hear this, right? We finished the interview, and then he said, oh, turn that thing back on, I want to say something. Uh, And you'll hear it at the end of the interview. You've left it in, haven't you, Cass?
4: Yeah, I have.
1: He he kind of called us out. He's such a nice man and such a great storyteller. But he kind of called us out. He said, I have got no evidence that you are real radio broadcasters. Because I was using this little recorder and it wasn't branded or anything. He said, so here's my email address. And I want people who are listening to this... I want you to send me an email to prove that, um, that, that these are real broadcasters, that they're on a national radio station. Here's the thing. In America, they don't have DAB. So um, you, you say, he said, what's the frequency of the station? I said, well, we're online. And when you say you're online, you sound like student radio, which is you know, not to knock it, but I said, we're online and we're on DAB. DAB means nothing over here whatsoever. So... Uh, In a little bit, uh, I'm going to give you Kenny Kramer's email address. i got it. it. Have you got it? Is it the right one?
4: It's tourmail at kennykramer.com. Here
1: we go. What I need you to do, dear listener, now, this evening, what's it?
4: Tourmail, as in tour, T-O-U-R, mail, at Kenny Kramer, Kramer with a K, K K-R-A-M-E-R,
1: Tourmail at KennyKramer.com. I need you now, all of you, please. Very rarely do I ask you to do anything because I know you're lazy or on drugs. But you need to uh, send an email to tourmail at KennyKramer.com and say, um, Ian and Kath...
4: Are charlatans. uh, No,
1: don't say that. No, don't say that. Ian and Kath... Um, uh, are bigging you up and they're saying how thrilled they were to meet you and say that you're really looking forward to the interview and all of those kinds of things Um, because uh, someone's saying why doesn't he Google you I you know Kenny's an old head you know he has let's just say he's lived a life and I'm uh, not sure if um, (laughs) technology is his uh, strong thing but tourmail at kennykramer.com send him an email now just do it if you're listening on your phone send an email if you've got your computer, send him an email, if, if please, 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 flood the man with emails to prove that we are not charlatans, mm-hmm. that we are not cowboys, uh, that we have not made this up. 0344-4991000. Yes, I will tweet the email, um, a little bit later on. Um, it, 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 your school rumors, please. Things that were, went round as, as true as evidence, uh, you know, whatever they may be. 344 um, I'm still struggling, Catherine, with the tipping over here. Yeah. I, I don't know what the tipping point is. I don't know what the point of tipping is. I, I, it makes me so anxious. There have been several times where I've given you the money and said, can you just go up and pay because I can't yeah, yeah, yeah. deal with it. Like
4: when we went to um, have breakfast with Steve Guttenberg yeah, yesterday. Yeah,
1: couldn't do it. I, I don't like the stress. I just said, here's the money. Just you go and pay. I don't want to deal it's with it.
4: It's about 20%, isn't it? Yeah. So...
1: Well, that seems excessive to me.
4: It does, especially because it's not cheap to eat in New York, but... We've, we and we've
1: got a mix of yellow cabs <coughs> mainly yellow cabs and uber
4: yeah the Those, yellow cabs are handy though because they um they give you the options as yeah. to you know did i do okay
1: 20% they, they break down the tip yeah did i do 20 25
4: 30 yeah is it? Yeah,
1: yeah 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 but the the uber drivers i'm going to be honest i've had i've almost gotten into rows with both of them today. Today, mm. because today because the the app isn't that great over here I don't know and so you you put the location and I kind of put where we are but I've been like four doors off or something and I've had some very very um strong phone calls from them yeah they phone up and they they were and then when we I got in- sometimes it's the
4: accent yeah, because the guy this morning was from Burkina Faso, oh. and the other guy that brought us over here, Julio, was yeah, was Latino. Julio. Sometimes the delivery is sli- sounds more. Julio than was it is. the guy
1: today, and I caught myself in the back of the cab humming "Me and Julio Down by the Schoolyard." Oh, did thought, you? Yeah, I did. I thought I've got to stop doing that. He <laughs> didn't hear you over the Kenny G he was playing. Jeez, what was that music? Oh, man, it was it, it easy listening music hell. I I, I, I need to go and listen to some, like, good metal. I need to go and listen to some Def Leppard or something to to cleanse cleanse my palate. palate. It was awful. it was pap. Absolutely. But did you feel when we got into the back of his cab, it felt like we were being told off?
4: It felt like, you know what it felt like? Dad. we've been picked up by someone's furious dad it was yeah dad. and in fact on his key ring you probably couldn't see it from my were no. sitting it said happy father's day oh, I yeah. didn't think, oh, I've had rides like this before normally when I'm half cut getting into the back of my dad's car
1: it was dad telling us off because we uh, he, we were literally literally
4: weren't where i told you around <laughs>
1: the corner and i said and i start i was we've dealt with some cab drivers of varying degrees of um, local knowledge Recently, and I've been, well, we told them about yesterday. I've been very, very calm with them, very zen with them. But um, today I started, I started getting arsy with Julio. When Did he, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he's going, you weren't where I, you weren't where I told you, you told you me you're going to be, and it's not very good. I won't do the accent because he wasn't Mexican. <laughs> um, and I said, listen, man, it must. it's the app's fault because I, I pointed the app exactly where we were going to be, and you've ended up here, and it's that's not my fault. Oh, it was tense.
4: You two should just have a snog and get it over. I don't want to snog him. Also,
1: tense. I was looking at um, his driving permits, his cab permit, and his face. Different, different men. One had a beard and one didn't.
4: You're saying wrong, Julio? Well,
1: <laughs> the wrong Julio, guys. But yes, yeah. Julio. Julio, but um. I would say, overall, so far, the whole thing has been a success, yeah. apart from that um, train track we walked on that Dom recommended. Oh, then the Highline. And someone else recommended yeah, it. Yeah, someone
4: said, have you managed to get up the high line?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically... It cost, it, wh-
1: cost, it cost us $35 in a cab to get there, guys.
4: My mum would love it because you just see to everyone's houses.
1: It was... It's an abandoned... Re- you know in um, the French Connection, right, when Gene Hackman's driving that car and there's the train going above them? It's that track. I don't know if it's the same one. I don't know where the French Connection is set. I've I've only ever seen... Anyway, it's that track, well, that train track that's up in the air. um, And they've gentrified it by... by Sticking some plants in it. Well, it's just grass. Not even the fun grass. It's just grass. It's green, and I'm going right. I'd have I'd have statues. I'd have uh, each. I'd have sections. First mile would be kids section, and you get like statues and things made by kids. Second section it would be like um, lesbians. Then after that it'd be um, bisexuals, and then you'd have um, uh, Hispanic. And you would just give over to a different part of the community yeah. and let them do something they with could it.
4: Plant, you know, they could plant trees from their part of the world or that kind of vibe. They should be is it a terrata. They should well, be hang, on hang on a minute. You're along
1: saying it. they could. Plant Plant trees from their part of the world. Yeah. What part of the world do gays come from? I
4: didn't mean that. You said Hispanics.
1: No, I said lesbians and gays, and you're saying they come from a certain part of the They're world. Actually, if you'd have paid more send attention,
4: if you'd have paid more attention, you'd have seen that there was an area done to celebrate the diverse no. gay, lesbian, Where and transgender do community.
1: Gay men come from? Well, no, I'm gonna ignore that question. That could be. No, <laughs> they come
4: from straight parents. They
1: come from so Anyway, so. Uh, Paul, stay there. We'll, we'll, we'll come to you after the break, Paul, because we're, we're about to, to throw to the news. Uh, so, yeah, th- that was, was really disappointing. So, Dom, who recommended that on, on Twitter, I'd like you to um, unfollow me and I would like you to delete your account. And I'd like you to handwrite a hundred times, I must not make crappy recommendations to Ian Lee. If you could um, do that, and mail it to me, please. That would be absolutely Awesome. Uh, also, here's another tip. Don't go and see The Mummy. It's rubbish. It is... <laughs> oh, you liked it.
4: I tell you what I loved. Yeah? Your efforts to see The Mummy in 3D just wearing your sunglasses. You sat there for about 10 minutes going, Kath, this isn't working for me. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> the You've first, got
7: ray on you,
4: proof. The first
1: 10 minutes, right, it's, there, it's Tom Cruise <laughs> and some bloke running through the desert and getting shot at and then climbing up some buildings and stuff. And I was going, it's... <laughs> it's a, I was watching it, and I was quiet, and I went, Kathy, it's, it's all really blurry, I can't, I can't what, see the 3D. It? I think I, I was genuinely worried I'd gone colourblind or had a stroke, and that's not me even making light. I was thinking, maybe I've had a mini stroke, because you can't see 3D films after a stroke. And then, oh, is
4: that one of the, one of the things? Yeah. They didn't have put that in the advert,
6: did yeah. they? Yeah,
1: um, and, so, uh, and then I realised I had put some glasses in my bag. I put my 3D glasses in the bag. I was wearing my sunny, so I look cool. But I was not getting the <laughs> full three. Terrible film uh, And I like Tom Cruise
7: I
4: don't but I thought it was a bit fun oh, It was nonsense no, it really no.
1: was. Um, 0344 499 Is the telephone number If you want to give us a call You'd be more than welcome Dear listener you are listening to Ian Lee on Talk Radio
0: Talk Radio
1: you can give us a call, 0344 499 1000. Coming up, we'll speak to more of the presenters here at WFMU. You'll also hear our exclusive interview uh, with uh, Kenny Kramer. Um, all this and a whole lot more. You're listening to Late Nights with Ian Lee and
2: Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB.
0: The wild man of late night radio is back.
2: Differently interesting nocturnal emissions from a legend of late night radio. Ian Lee on air and off the leash. On Sork Radio. We have ways of making you talk. There
1: we go, dear listener. I'm just... Fiddling around in the studio, doing all bits and pieces. You can watch us on Periscope. Some, some people, Amanda, don't believe that we're actually in America. You're an American person. I'm
8: an American person, You yes. see?
1: So we, we're in America. You can watch us on periscope.com forward slash Ian Lee. I'm sitting down because it suddenly hit me and I'm really, really tired. Uh, <laughs> we are live. Well, we've been live from New York. We're in Jersey City. What's the difference?
8: Uh, the difference is only a few miles in one river.
1: How can you the have Hudson cities cl- so close to each other? That doesn't work, does
8: it? Well, uh, both, both cities wanted to be close to the <laughs> river, you know, when yeah. ships would come in bearing yeah. goods and, you know, imports. Jersey, the so,
1: thing about, about Jersey City is it's got wider streets. Um, it's got older buildings. It's a lot more kind of relaxed and quieter. It
8: is very uh, much smaller in terms of population yeah. than New York, and it's smaller geographically too.
1: Now we met on Twitter, and I can't quite remember how we met. But I was <laughs> I was looking for some exciting radio, and somehow I stumbled across WFMU. Whether I you know it came up by accident or, or someone probably recommended it, but I do remember going on Twitter saying, guys, I've just discovered this amazing station, but there's too much to choose from. Can anyone recommend any shows? And you, being an excellent self-publicist, went... Hello, I think you might like my show.
8: That's true. It really did happen that way. And I am usually a little <laughs> bit hesitant to do self-promotion. I, that's something that I need to work on. Look, so I'm proud of myself that I did it. Well, look time. where we've ended
1: up. We are here now. You have I you have know. gone and recorded live shows for me. You know, we've done all these kind that's of things. That's true,
8: yes. I worked for you. Yeah, that one gig. I worked for you. I was your employee. <laughs> you were. Uh, and now I, um, you approached me uh, to be here yeah. you know to, to do you your show out of out our studio yeah. and i was so glad to welcome you here Thank because you. i knew i knew that you would get a kick out of it oh, and I, <laughs>
1: honestly guys i'm we, glad that you do we recorded a little tour with with amanda showing me and kath around and it, it, the thing is it's kind of too long to broadcast so what we're going to do is we're going to put it out as a podcast next week and i know that we have a lot of um casual radio listeners but also radio geeks like me and kath listening you will love it because this is the the coolest coolest place um you recommended your show and by luck i really enjoyed it because it would have been awful if it had sucked um it's um a Nazario scenario that's right and it's um well you play kind of i'm, I'm gonna do that thing can you describe it i know it's impossible because you kind of play anything you have a slight obsession with the simpsons which i kind of disagree with but i'm gonna let that one ride okay uh, but we have the number of times i've listened to your show and you've played something that I know and I like, oh, oh, I thought I was the only person that knew that song. And then you'll play like a, a load of songs by people I have never heard of. And most of them I'm I'm loving. And you also, as the show is going out on the website, you list the song and the artist so that people can know of it and kind of Google it and investigate a bit further. And But you do, you play it, pretty much anything you want, don't you? It's true,
8: yeah. I am allowed to play anything I want, which is the beauty of WFMU, completely free completely freeform. Um, And yeah, I think uh, when you were talking to Kim, she mentioned how great the playlist is, you know, for live commenting but it yeah. also is also a really great resource for listeners because they can see the artist and the track name yeah. uh, as it's playing or if they missed it they can just refer to the playlist and, and it's see.
1: great because it, there is a lot of far out stuff that you're playing that people quite probably will never have heard of they will quite possibly never have i mean you play you know you play ob- obvious you do play hits you know loving spoonful and monkeys i know you've got a big 60s thing yeah but um you will play stuff by obscure cult indie bands
8: absolutely and I mean, you say that you haven't heard of these people. Often I won't have heard of them either. I will just pick up the record because... The art appeals to yeah. me or uh, like I'll look at the production credit or something. Yeah. And, and I, I recognize somebody who worked on the album, but not anyone else. You know, when uh, um, when
1: my dad died a few years ago and I was trying to find ways to fill the empty void in my soul. Um, I went on Cherry Red Records. Who oh, is a great fantastic- label. Yeah. It's a great label. And I just went on their website and I flicked through. And every time I saw something I liked the cover of, added that to the basket. Added- And it was wonderful some of it was rubbish some of it was absolutely brilliant including do you remember Kath? what was that um that duo tia and somebody oh i found this duo this this 60s american duo and they'd released one album and it was that thing where they'd gone in and recorded it with him on guitar them singing uh then the record label kind of put strings on it and they went why have you done that and then they never released another thing and i cannot for the life of me think of their... Na- I'll, I'll Google so it. So the,
8: the reissue that was on Cherry Red yeah. did have the strings? No, it had
1: it? the strings, and it's it's a gorgeous album, and they split up straight after, because it, it sold three copies, uh. and they were they were disenchanted with the music industry, that they could take their strings. Tia, and I want to say Tia and somebody, but I it's can't... It's a
8: man and woman or a woman? It's a man
1: and a woman. The cover is awful, because it's them sat on the on the curb. Yeah. She's kind
8: of... I think it looks cool. I
1: know, I know it's, it, 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 it's what attracted me to it, but it's a, it's... You know, if you had a load of pictures, you wouldn't go, that's the cover. They're eating a massive sandwich. She's obscured by a fire
6: hydrant.
1: If anyone remembers it on Periscope, it's a really obscure one. You're not going to. I I will find it because I think you'd love it. I think I would, too. You may even know the songs they sing. I'm
8: embarrassed that I haven't heard of that.
1: You're a huge Loving Spoonful fan.
8: Very huge, yes. Why? Uh, I love John Sebastian's songwriting most of all. Uh, I think he's really clever. Um, And, uh, you know, I'm not a huge blues fan. I really love blues and folk music, but it's not sort of my number one favorite. But I love how... the Spoonful integrated folk music of of all types, you know, jug band and, uh, you know, the sort of bluesy slide guitar into this sort sort of rock Mm. zeitgeist that was happening in... I'd love to have been at those first few gigs
1: they did when they were too loud. They're playing a tiny club and they just had these huge speakers and everyone's like going, well, yes,
8: it kind of great. It's a bit loud. Nobody had experienced that yet. Yeah, it was sort of the first breath of what became you know CBGBs and this is happening in
1: now, have you you've interviewed John Sebastian yes i yes i have you have cuz cause, cause you told me how easy it was to get in touch with him and i went i'm having him on my show he <laughs> runs his own website you email the website and you get i, I email going i wonder if in the uk i wondered if john would be free to come on and john writes back sure when yes, do you I want would. me yeah. <laughs> It's incredible. You know, these legends are I so was accessible. so
8: surprised, too. But, I mean, that sort of says it all about what yeah. kind of musician he is. You know, he really wants to connect to his fans yeah. himself. And all
1: yeah. we did, really, was talk about um, Mama Cass and tie-dye. And that was kind of the That's whole great. interview. And it was wonderful.
8: That's great. I mean, what two better uh, <laughs> uh, subjects that yeah. he would love to talk about. Yeah. Um,
1: Am Naz on Twitter is that right? a m n a z double Z.
8: That's correct. Exactly.
1: But if people and we're giving out so much information, I'm going to ask you, um, uh, everyone that we speak to, if you can just email me their like Twitter names and stuff, and I, I'm going to plug everything and write a blog next week and put everyone in, because we are lots of sure. information. But if people want to listen to your show, and I thoroughly, thoroughly recommend it, every now and then I'll tweet it. When you tweet a link, I'll tweet and go, guys, you should listen to this. It's some cool stuff. But if, if people want to find your show and find past episodes, where do they go?
8: Uh, org slash playlists slash A-N.
1: A-N. Easy. That's
8: the Nazario Scenario Playlist page.
1: It's so nice to meet
2: you. It's so nice and to meet did, you we too. And we did—we squealed
1: like a couple of fifteen-year-old schoolgirls when we <laughs> saw each other in the in the corridor and realized that the other person was real. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it could have been so much different.
6: Yeah,
8: and I mean, it was luckily what i expected you know i mean you could have <laughs> rolled in with a... a
1: fat gray middle-aged man you got it you you you, you 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 wanted it you wanted it you got it now we now we're getting married is that how it works i want a green card i it's so nice to see you um we're speaking to erwin later whenever he's ready he can come down let him go and refresh i know he's just finished his show so you, all right he'll... i'll
8: see if he's ready and uh in the meantime i know that callers will call and they have plenty of questions <laughs> oh
1: paul's calling and they will listen thank you amanda cheers oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand paul hi you're in new jersey are you that is correct, Amundo. officer franzarelli okay, so you're talking about music yes yeah. tommy used to work on the docks bought home his pay for love gina worked the diner all day so say that again but this time in english Tommy, you you're in New What's Jersey, I... and you're yes, talking is about... that you are you quoting Bon Jovi lyrics to me? Yes, living we the said we were talking. Ta- we, we, we we said we were talking about music.
3: <laughs> you can't be a beer Bon Jovi.
1: Yes, you can with almost
0: anything.
3: Okay, do you know every Bon Jovi song sounds exactly the
0: same? How do they do it? They've done it for years.
1: Yeah, but you're saying that as though it's a good thing. It is a good thing, it's a brilliant thing. They're from New Jersey. John Bon Jovi still lives in New Jersey. And we'll go round there tonight and tell him that you're a big fan. Well don't tell me he hasn't got good hair. Um the only the only good thing Bon Jovi done, they've done two good things. The chorus to living on a prayer and the bit when the guitar man goes <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> what for, uh, and that's a thing called a vocoder. That's not a vocoder. It's called a vocoder. It's a no. It's, it's not a, called a vocoder. Yeah, it's called a vocoder. It's that it's, is not of. That is not a vocoder. It's. It's a tube you put in your mouth
0: that yeah. is connected to the electric guitar. Yeah, exactly. That's and not a vocoder Fram- he's using. Peter Frampton made it, made it yeah, most famous. It's, yeah, yeah,
1: but that is not a vocoder on that record. You've got it completely wrong. I thought it was a vocoder. Thank you very much indeed. Um, he knows which side his bread is buttered. It's not a vocoder. Similar technology, guys similar technology but I can assure you that that is not a vocoder we're just can you believe we're just arguing amanda as to whether bon jovi use a vocoder or not it's not a vocoder you know the thing goes <laughs>
8: Isn't that a talk box?
1: Thank you very much indeed. Yes, it is. And you're an American, so you would know exactly. <laughs> it's a talk box, Paul. Thank you, you muppet. 344 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Coming up, uh, we're going to speak to Erwin Chusid, who's a, a presenter at WFMU.
0: We're
1: also going to hear from Kenny Kramer. Um, you may even hear from Catherine.
0: There we go. Yeah. Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. We are live at
1: WFMU and Irwin Chusid. Have I got that right, sir?
6: You
9: do, as a matter of
1: fact. I'm going to move you this that We're using our, we are using one of your studios. Hey, man, it's so cool to meet you.
9: Can I get a little less gain in the
1: headphones? I don't know how to do that. <laughs> Is the technical? You don't technically you need know the headphones. Rid get rid of the headphones, man. You don't need them. Let's go
9: out. <laughs> I can. Hear- <laughs> oh, isn't that funny how that works? Yeah. How you doing? You're I'm right. Fine. Am I, am I close enough to the mic? Am yeah. i holding it. Okay. That's fine. Ed, Ed, Ed Are you your... referred to me as a presenter. What would you what like does to be... mean? What would you like to be referred to as? A Radio personality.
1: A personality. A host. A DJ. Do people still use the term DJ? Yes, they do. Oh yeah.
9: Yeah. Radio like... bum. <laughs> I, I think jockey. of DJs as being lower life forms, yeah, as a matter of fact, and I embody that. <laughs> You've just finished your show. I did three hours. Uh, what was the last
1: song you played?
9: <laughs> "I hate men" okay. by Patricia Morrison from "Kiss Me Kate.": Wow. I f- don't play a lot of show tunes, but I happen to like that. Why did and that I don't hate men in fact.: Why did that? It's one of my best friends?: I've, Me, I've, I've met some men, and some of them I, are okay. I Am one in <laughs> fact
1: to get the results back from the laboratory but when we do so we will let you know how long have you have been here how long you been doing 42 this show? years the wfmu yes how did it start what what was the attraction
9: i love radio i yeah. grew up with radio i yeah. grew up with a transistor under my pillow i would sleep with a transistor radio under my pillow which means i wouldn't get much sleep because yeah. i'd be listening to the radio yeah my father would sometimes come in and say would you shut that thing off Get some sleep because you've got school the next day. It was more important to me to listen to the radio on the overnight because back in the 60s when I was growing up, overnight radio was a lot more interesting than daytime radio. Who were some
1: of the DJs you were listening to?
9: Um, I was... Well, at night... Well, it, it, New York radio. Yeah. So you had WABC, WMCA, The Good Guys, uh, Cousin Brucie, Scott Muni, Chuck Leonard, Ron Lundy, Herb Oscar Anderson. These names mean nothing to anyone currently listening. <laughs> a couple of them are floating around in my head. But I also listened to Gene Shepard. Okay. Who was a monologist based in New York. Yeah. He was from the Midwest. A great storyteller, very eloquent, very funny, very philosophical. And he to me, he did pure radio yeah it was uh, the theater of the mind where there it, it was great storytelling it was very vivid image rich but there were no visuals yeah and that to me is what made radio so great
1: that uh, that, that is the skill for me we i mean we're a speech race uh, speech based radio station and for me it's stories it's all stories and it, 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 if someone has a good story and can convey it then they are welcome to come on the show And share their story. And we get that from callers. We get that from guests that we have on. We get that from me and Kath. If something happens to us, we share it as a story. Um, Radio is not television without pictures. No, no. it's, It's its own medium. There was a big trend about 10 years ago in British radio where to get ratings, they would get TV stars. They would get television personalities to come on the radio because they're the same thing. And if you can do TV, you can do radio. That was the mindset. Now, one or two of them could. I was one of those people, actually. I was lucky. Um, But they are completely different things. And radio is much more personal than television. It's a one-on-one relationship, I think, anyway.
9: Well, you know, on TV, on stage, when you're performing visually, you've got hand gestures. You've Mm -hmm. got facial uh, expressions. There's a lot of things you can do, you can gesture, you can gesticulate, you can move around. When you're on radio, you only have your voice. You have to convey all that additional information, all that emotion through the nuances in your voice, and that's not a simple skill. It's something some people can do intuitively, some people can learn it, some people never get the hang of it.
1: What was the music you were listening to? You mentioned some of the presenters when you were a kid with the, the, the transistor under well, the Top perv.
9: 40. Yeah. But the thing about Top 40, again, this is in New York in the 60s, is how eclectic it was. Mm. It wasn't one type of music. You'd mix in Motown with British Invasion with Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra yeah. and Novelty Tunes and The Singing Nun and Q Sakamoto and Memphis Soul uh Joe Meek whatever all this was coming at you yeah. and there was no sense that well this doesn't fit the style if it was a hit it yeah. was a hit so i so i was um sort of weaned on an eclectic approach to music mm. and i wanted to bring that to radio when i started here
1: um this place is amazing you know i Catherine and i when we, we present the radio and we've we've made our living out of it for years we are we are radio geeks as well. We are fans of radio. I hear it. Uh, yeah. And uh, Amanda kindly took us around. And this place is amazing. We have nothing like this in the UK. <laughs> Something that is, is staffed primarily by volunteers and where it is funded by members of the public who love it so much they reach into their
9: pockets to make sure it goes on for another year How, i on. refer to it as fly paper for misfits and malcontents <laughs> it's a shrine yeah when you walk in the door you're no longer in the real world yeah. we have chased away all the normal people
1: There's a cross downstairs made out of um, melted records. So,
9: yeah, (laughs) there's (laughs) all sorts of things. There's there's a corridor downstairs that contains station manager Ken's collection of paintings on black velvet.
1: Yeah, and they're
9: bizarre. There's the
1: great um, Phil Spector with uh, the the great one-off Phil Spector with his courtroom wig on. They're
9: all they're all gloriously flawed. Yeah, which is a great way to describe the personalities down here, the programming. Uh, the, the facility, yeah. there's something gloriously flawed. There's no perfection around here. Perfection here is a fool's errand.
1: How much do I have to bribe you to get me into that record library?
9: Well, Ken's not around and Brian's not around. So <laughs> the, 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 I think I can do it.
1: Is, 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 is it we, we were allowed to look All through. All the th-
9: adults have gone <laughs> home.
1: Can we go and play? Yes. We were allowed to look through the window and there are signs <laughs> saying strictly no friends, family or visitors. It's playtime ob- now. How, how many albums are in there? It looks incredible.
9: Uh, it would be a fool's errand to try and count them. Yeah, I I couldn't give you a guesstimate twenty thousand, wow. thirty thousand vinyl. Yeah, yeah. CDs an equivalent number, and then there's an MP3 library. Uh, I bring most of my show from home, yeah. and I think a lot of other people do as well. And some I have occasionally played audio straight off of YouTube.
1: Yeah. How do you, how do you do the show? Do you plan it at home, no. or do you you come in with stuff and and just see where the vibe takes? Program in? it
9: in real time, right? Okay, uh, so it's a, a one week oh, one one week's worth of accumulation. Yeah, I'll hear something during the week. I'll discover something. I'll remember something I haven't played in a while, and I'll just put these things in a tote, put them in a in, a, in an iTunes playlist, and come here, three o'clock radio show. I arrive at two fifty eight. I love it. Oh. I never go into the record library and go through the new bin. Yeah. There's great stuff in there, but I figure everybody else can yeah. do that. I bring most of my show from home. And I I don't even know what my first track is other than my opening theme, which is a Lee Morgan track. While that's on, I try to figure where do I begin? Yeah. While that is playing, what will segue nicely out maybe not even nicely what will segue out of this it could be an abrupt transition i'm not out to shock people i'm out to surprise people and delight people and introduce them to music and sounds they might not be familiar with that i liked the first time i heard it hopefully they will too but no i never know where the show is going to go which is it's an adventure for me i like it that way i
1: love it i love the sound of it i love um, the attitude, and um, um, in, the, in um, the speech radio, we refer to these things as clunky gear changes, where <laughs> you will have someone phone up who is talking about, um, the, the example we always use, we had someone phone in one day and say, you'll never guess who I nearly ran over in my car. It was Elton John. He was crossing the road and I nearly hit him. And then you'll go from that to someone <laughs> phoning up saying that they've been feeling suicidal that day. Um, and then, uh, But that's what life is. Life is not... You know, for this hour, we're going to talk about, um, uh, you know, your favorite movies. And then for the second uh, hour, conversation and life flows all over the place. And and you go from one thing to another. And it sounds like a similar... You're applying the same principle to your show, but with music.
9: Yes, it's improvisational radio. Yeah, yeah. It's improvised.
1: I was so thrilled when I saw... When I was reading your bio, you're responsible for one of my favorite records of all time, The Langley School's Music Project. When I say responsible for it, I mean, you you've, you've found it. You discovered it. I found it,
9: it. I put it together. I, I researched it. I tracked down the person responsible. I negotiated the rights, which was a very difficult thing. Yeah. there is. There was really no... One owner, yeah, of those recordings. Do you want to describe what they were? Yeah, we should do because
1: there, there will be some people who are listening or know what we're talking about. And there was a brilliant documentary on Radio Four, I think, by Peter perfides recently, last couple of years about it. Um, it is, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong. It is um, some recordings that uh, a school in Canada in the mid seventies made. Their music teacher, said, Hans Finger,
9: said um, we should re- we should record some songs and. Um, they, untrained yeah. children, an untrained chorus of children who didn't even know how to play instruments.
1: And it is—it's songs like "Good Vibrations," um, it's classic rock, "Space Oddity." It's close to you, Rhiannon. Or yeah,
9: it's it's great. How did you Mandy, come? How did you come across it? I was doing a program called Incorrect Music. Yeah. I think the title speaks for itself. Uh, this was from 1997 to 2002. I had a co hostess named Michelle Boulet. Yeah. Love her dearly. It was a great, uh, great team. On the radio, and listeners would contribute things. We yeah. were looking for music that w- there was something wrong with it, but it was sincere. It wasn't idea. anybody trying to be bad or awful or make mistakes or be flawed. These were things that were it was, you could call it folk music if you want. Yeah. But folk music connotes someone with an acoustic guitar singing about this land is your land. Is land. No. Yeah. This is it's folk art, audio folk art. Yeah. So people would would. Uh, occasionally send things in. And I would say that 95% of what was submitted was useless, was Mm. of no interest whatsoever. And 5% of it was interesting or fascinating. A fellow up in Canada named Brian Linz sent me a a fill-up CD, you know, Mm. 17 tracks by 17 artists he knew nothing about. And there was one track on there by what he called the Lockheel, South Carvalth, and Glenwood Region Music Group. Yeah, It was a children's group choir doing Space Oddity. And it was bizarre. Yeah, And I'm thinking, wait a minute, this is a bunch of kids, it's a lot of kids, yeah. with ORF instruments, little percussion things, little mallets that chime, and someone's banging on a snare drum or a bass drum. It was such a clumsy but charming arrangement. Yeah. I thought, wait a minute, where does a music teacher go out and buy an arrangement, of mm. space oddity? For 60 voices, 60 untrained voices, ORF instruments and snare drum and cymbals. Mm. This was a creation. Somebody did this and it was purposeful. So I asked Brian Linz, uh, we, we aired it and listeners loved it, but it's we unique. knew nothing about it. It's unique.
1: absolutely unique. Once you've heard, there is nothing else out there like it. It is
9: soul music. Yeah. It comes from the heart. Yeah. Uh, Brian, I said to Brian, is there any more of this? And he says, yeah, there's a whole album. He'd found it in a thrift store. <sighs> what do you call them, charity shops? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And he sends me the whole thing. It was nine tracks. And I listened. I said, oh, my God. This is this is remarkable. This is exceptional. This isn't one of those things that's so bad it's good mm. or it's so funny that it's entertaining. It, 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 I got kind of choked up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can it, It's moving. Yeah, very moving. Very yeah. moving. So I tried to track down based on the minimal information that was on the back of the album he'd sent me a, a, a you Xerox say it was it. an
1: album was it was it an album that had been released or was it kind of like it, a white label acetate was it you know
9: no it had a cover a front and back cover the front cover was a montage of black and white photographs of young children yeah playing instruments standing in front of microphones or being in a gymnasium <laughs> and on the back cover was minimal information nine song titles and there were a couple of names you know thanks to Pat such such and such dedicated to Pat somebody mm. uh, music director Hans Fenger, and there were a couple of other things. But it wasn't clearly a commercial release. Yeah, I did all I could, and this was kind of in the early days of the internet. The real, I don't even think Google existed at the time. Yeah. I think, what was it, Dogpile was what you used to search. But you know, I can't, isn't it funny how quickly we forget what it was? Jesus. Remember Netscape? I do remember Netscape. Grandma, what was Netscape like? You used to Tell me this... about dial-up, Grandma. You couldn't go on the
1: internet unless you had one of those discs, <laughs> those AOL discs you'd get.
9: And you'd wait, and you'd yeah. wait, and you'd wait for the page to load. The page would load. Well, I managed to track down someone who knew, Pat Bickerton mm. was the name on there. Right. I called six people in the Langley School District. No one knew what the hell I was calling about. Mm. They'd never heard of this record. they never heard of Hans Fenger. They didn't know about these kids, it was just dead end after dead end. Finally, on the sixth call, someone said, read me those names again. (laughs) I said, one of them, it says, dedicated to Pat Bickerton. And the woman on the line said, oh, he passed away many years ago, but his son works in the district. So why don't you give his son a call? I called his son. His son told me the story that this teacher, Hans Fenger, who was kind of a hippie, Mm was nineteen seventy six. Uh, was teaching these kids music, but not using traditional means. He wasn't teaching them how to read music yeah. or even how to play music. He was teaching them to love music. <laughs> Fantastic. So, and he, he, and and this fellow, Tat Bickerton's son, said at some point he got these kids in a gym yeah. and recorded them. No audience, no applause, no nothing. Mm. And they pressed up a few hundred copies for students, for faculty, and for parents. That's it. Mm. So he said, and Hans Fenger still teaches somewhere in the district. This was 2000. <laughs> okay, 1976, the recording. It's now 2000. Yeah, here's Hans's number. I call the number. <laughs> There's a voice on the answering machine that sounds like a very young man. No. I think, that can't be Hans. I mean, he's got to be in his 50s no. now. I left a message anyway. Sure enough, a very young voice called back. It was Hans Fenger. It just sounds young. Mm. And he explained to me that he... You know what he had done that he had made this record with these kids. They loved him He loved working with the kids He really wanted to teach them to love music and impart this love that they could carry with them for the rest of their lives so then he says By the way, there is a sec. I've I've already convinced at this point on hearing this nine track record that it needs to be put out Yeah, he says oh by the way. There was a second record. I did the next year at another school (gasps) But he said it's not as good. I said why? And he said, "Well, I just I don't think it was as good, but I'll make a recording of it and send it to you." Mm. He sends it to me. How much time do we
1: have? Oh, man, we got as long (laughs) as you want. I am I'm
9: wrapped with this. Go on. He sends me a DAT tape. Yeah. Remember DAT tapes? I do remember. They were going to be the future DATs and mini discs. Sends me a DAT. It was in winter. I remember because it arrived here at the station via FedEx. I come here. I'm wearing a heavy winter coat, and I, I couldn't wait to hear it. Yeah. I come upstairs to the studio we're in right now. Wow. I put in the wow. DAT tape. I'm still wearing my heavy winter coat. I'm sweating. I'm waiting to hear what comes on. Oh, and he had told me that there was a recording on there of a young girl singing the Eagles' Desperado solo. Mm. So I put on the DAT, and I hear the beginning of what sounds like good vibrations, and then it stops, and I think, oh my God, the tape is damaged. Mm. I'll never get to hear this. I let the tape roll. It was a false start. <laughs> The album played through. (laughs) Ian, I stood there. I didn't sit there. I stood there in front of the speakers, the monitors, those. Wow. And I almost, maybe I did cry. Mm. I was just so swept with emotion while listening to this whole thing. Hans had told me about this young girl singing Desperado that Hans accompanied her on piano. I couldn't couldn't effing believe it. It was so, it was a nine-year-old girl. Sheila Beman singing Desperado. She didn't even know what the words meant. Yeah. It didn't matter. I'm listening to this, and Hans had told me, I'm already convinced that there's 12 tracks on there. It's a 21-track album. I've got yeah. to find a label for it. Hans had told me that <laughs> Sheila singing Desperado, this is a quote, was a, a curious mix of innocence and despair. And I thought, that's the title yeah, of the know. album. Yeah. And when I listened to the whole album, but both albums put together, I realized there are some threads in there. Mm. Many of those songs are very unhappy. Yeah, yeah. They're sad. There is despair. There is a dark
1: mood running through it, definitely. You
9: know, I like Barry Manilow. Seriously, I really like him. Oh, me too. I don't listen to him a lot, but I think he's a great songwriter and a great singer. But I never listened to Mandy that close. Hearing those children sing Mandy, it suddenly hit me how dark that song is. And to hear those kids sing it and Hans was saying yeah a lot of these kids were not happy at home maybe their parents were going through divorce it was a rough time they related to these songs the beach boys in my room oh man i mean what a That's a song. That's a song about uh, about just sort of uh, withdrawing from loneliness the world.
1: rejection yep. isolation you know it's a
9: heavy song. Right so they they really sang it like they meant it yeah. are they off off key? Are they off beat? Is, are the, the rhythms kind of off kilter? Yeah. But that's all part of it. It's pure. real. It's yeah. pure. It's real. Yeah. It's soul music. Yeah. So uh, I got 10 label rejections. <laughs> that's a surprise. <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget. I won't I won't give the fellow's name. He's a man I love. Uh, he worked for Rhino Records at the time.
1: Oh, well, we're big fans of Rhino. I, okay, I was yes. doing
9: some things for Rhino back when it was a much cooler label yep, back yep. then. And this was a very cool guy. And I sent it to him. And I said, so what would you think? And he says, Erwin? This is a record no one will ever listen to a second time. (laughs) I said, you are so wrong, and I will prove you wrong. But I still got 10 label rejections, and it was finally bar none. uh, It was actually Basta uh, in the Netherlands, who I've been working with for a number of years already, who agreed to do it, but they didn't think they could saturate the U.S. market with it, so they asked me to find a U.S. label, and bar none took it. Mm. And... um, it was very strange when it came out because we were uh, getting prepared for the, the release in early October 2001. Mm. And then 9-11 hit. Mm. And, you know, you're old enough to remember 9-11. Oh, I, yeah. I,
1: I watched it in horror, I know course, you're a young yeah. fellow there. Oh, God bless you. Sir.
9: So um, I, we were, I remember everyone was thinking, is this the end of the world? Yeah. Oh, is, yeah. What come, Is there going to be a record business? Is there going to be an economy? Is yeah. there going to be anything after this? Nobody knew what to do. So for one week, everything froze. Everything. Mm. Everyone was wondering, when does the internet come back? And when does our banking come back? And when does Wall Street come back? And when does business get back to usual? Yeah. Well, after a week, when things kind of you know, went back into gear, Barnett and I said, what are we going to do? And I said, well, let's delay it two weeks, but let's put it out. Mm. We put it out October twenty third, two 2001, and really didn't know what to expect. But we knew there was a bit of a buzz because mm. we'd been sending out copies to journalists, and we were getting an aston- astonishing response. They were responding to it the way I did. Yeah, They they heard what I heard. No one was saying, why are you putting this out? This is crap or this is this a joke. Yeah. Nobody was saying that. Everyone was was astonished, and there was something so life-affirming about it that in a strange way it was sort of a calming force mm. at that time. Yeah. So uh, it, it sold well. It got a lot of attention. It went up to number one on Amazon.com. Wow. I, I was shocked. I remember incredible. coming home on a Saturday night with my girlfriend and logging on, dial-up, of course, yeah. just to see where it was <laughs> on Amazon. And I figured, God, maybe it's number 400, yeah. maybe it's 350. I'm looking at it, and it's number one. I I'm looking at it. I quickly did a screen capture. Yeah. Because I didn't know how long it could be Number two in, an, in three minutes Yeah, And I just kept staring at it And I kept checking all night It stayed at number one until the next day oh, wow. I must have checked that screen Hourly And then it went to number two And then three, then back to two And then six months later it went back to number two When VH1 did a documentary about it yeah. Now you want to know who prevented it From going back to number one Go on, who was it? Who do we hate now? I have to admit she's a good singer. Go on. Nora Jones.
1: Hey, well, I mean, for her to deprive those kids, kids, of a second shot at number one. It was a damn good album she put together. She I, wasn't bad. Was I, I, she? I can't criticize. Congratulations, though, on, 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 on hearing that potential and seeing it through, you know, because to, to push it through to its conclusion... Um, it must have taken a lot of effort on your part, especially all those rejections. Absolutely. Oh,
9: it's, it's work. Yeah. It's administrative work. Yeah. It's, it's research. It's digging. It's, it's uh, dealing with dead ends and persisting. People ask me what I do for a living, and it's very difficult to sum it up. But I say that I'm a landmark preservationist. Mm. And if they want the, the longer version, I say, I find things on the scrap heap of history that I know don't belong there. And I salvage them. That's great. So Raymond Scott, Esquivel, uh, Outsider Music, Langley, Shuby Taylor, the Human Horn, artist Jim Flora. What, are, you,
1: are you working on a project now? Have you got something on the back burner now or
9: something that's happening? Nothing's on the back burner. <laughs> things. Oh, Sun Ra. I'm, I'm administering the Sun Ra estate these days. Really? Working, working on remastering the Sun Ra catalog. Oh, wow. Including a lot of unreleased tapes in the possession of Michael Anderson of the Sunraw Music Archive. What a joy that must be to go into a studio and hear stuff that hasn't been heard for decades. Well, it's not a studio. It's Michael's crappy apartment oh, in Musaic, New Jersey. What a drag it must it's be kind of to go to Michael's crappy and squalid terrible. apartment it's terrible, yeah.
1: and listen to stuff that no one's ever
9: heard before. <laughs> we are doing things with uh, a British label called Strut. Right. Fine label. We've yep. done three packages with them already. We're working with a U.S. label called Modern Harmonic, a spinoff of Sundays. And we're starting our own label, the catalog label, the, okay. the Sun-Ross Saturn reissues, which will be called Cosmic Myth Records. The first two releases are ready to hit the market. One is a, a, a definitive reissue of The Magic City from 1965, and the other is an expanded edition, including unreleased material of My Brother the Wind, Volume 1, from yeah. 1970,
1: the Moog album. Aye. But I always feel uncomfortable saying Moog, because I I know it's Moog, and I only found out about five years ago, and of course everyone says Moog, and uh, I've now got that thing where someone says, oh, it's, it's the Moog, I go... Actually, it's pronounced Moog. <laughs> and, and I don't want to be that guy that's going, it's pronounced Moog. But now I know it. I
9: can't say Moog. You don't want to be the snob <laughs> who's correcting everybody. But I am.
1: I am. <laughs> um, listen, it's such a thrill. We are we are running out of time. Uh, if people want to listen to your radio show, you're, how, how do they find it? How can they, how can they
9: well, get to... Well, go to wfmu.org. But I think it's org. Okay. We'll get you to my playlist, which go back to the year 2000, that's when we started archiving. Oh, I'm digging But I've been on the air now since 1975. And you love it. I'm on the air without making a nickel at it because I love it. I love radio. I love FMU because they don't tell me what to play. I've got the freedom to use radio as a a canvas.
1: And that is the joy of this station and and speaking to Amanda. It's it's, uh, the everyone does it because they love it they're not turning up going i've got to be on the air at 3 and I, I can't be asked to go into everyone comes in because they are passionate about the about radio about music about conveying something to people that are out there and that comes through the speakers you hear that
9: small town market share big city
1: egos Oh, you're good. You're good. Hey, listen, um, we're gonna, I'm going to tweet and Facebook all the links at a later date, but thank you. So, a real pleasure to meet you, and thank you for that Langley album. It's just List, delicious. Listeners can't see this, but we're shaking hands right Bless now. you, man. Thank you very much indeed. You're listening
0: to Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late Nights, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking.
2: Oh, dear listener.
1: Oh, man, alive. I love that. I absolutely love erwin was isn't he isn't he just absolutely delightful there you go you take these headphones catherine oh a proper fanboy moment if you've not heard the langley schools music project i didn't know he was going to tell the story uh, that long and that eloquently uh, and he did it perfectly if you've not heard it go go on amazon and treat yourself you, it's a joy you're
4: going to hear it at the top of the next hour
1: oh we're going to play some mm-hmm. of
4: it we're going to play space oddity Oh, uh, it is
1: uh, um you won't have heard anything like it in your life, and it is—it is a joy, and it is life-affirming, and it is wonderful. Do you want to bring the other screen up so we can see what's—what's sure. um, what's going on? Oh, three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. We are live in uh, Jersey City, just over the river from New York. Uh, tonight we're off to see John Ronson and Maeve Higgins doing a show, um, and tomorrow we're off to see Amani Coppola at her apartment and. Then we're doing the live show and then we're off to see Stephen Page playing at the City Winery and hopefully we're going to get a chance to have a chat with him. That'll be really cool. And then Friday I think we're going to go and walk uh, John Ronson's dog um, and... um then we're doing the show, and then we might be going to see Armani Coppola's art exhibition. Oh, man, it's so busy. It's so busy. But I'm loving absolutely every second of it. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us
4: a Everyone has been so welcoming. Everyone has had a different part of New York they wanted to show us. And everyone yeah. has inspired us in different ways, haven't they?
1: Can I tell you the great thing about having New Yorkers as guests? I haven't got to do any work, you know. I would. You, Owen came in and told us I can just sit there. When you listen to Kenny Kramer, which you're going to hear um, after midnight, um, I think I would probably say about eight words in the whole thirty-five minute, forty-minute interview. And he was
4: completely fascinating. <laughs> He's hilarious. You're going to love him so much. It's,
1: it's a real joy. And it, you know, when we had Keith and the girl, and um, even the you know the the two um, the young people that were working with them that, that turned was, was were getting rid. Really to do the show Han and Andrea yeah they said uh, one of them said, I said well what, what do you do she said oh well I'm a stand up and, and so is Han I went oh come on the show and I was kind of thinking they might be a little bit nervous a little bit uh, trepidatious um, no not at all they go straight in there telling stories sharing things It's wonderful
4: there is a confidence that they have yep. which yep. um I've found really kind of uh, like a great example actually you know for example Chemna when she was talking yesterday yeah brilliant right i thought right, i'll take a little bit of that and then you know the, like you said the two younger girls that we spoke to yesterday again straight in there and there's none of this kind of you realize how british we are yeah. you know, the reserve and how you play everything yeah. down in america there is no shame about saying i'm great at this even if you don't think you are as we heard from kramer yeah yeah <laughs> on various times he said to us he didn't know exactly what he was doing but well, he was going to let them know it, that it,
1: it, c- 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 kenny kramer Uh, is is what the character Kramer uh, from Seinfeld was based on. He was friends with Larry David and he did stand-up. If you've ever seen Seinfeld um, and you're aware of the character of Kramer, Kenny's story, he's telling all these stories. So, uh, you know, I saw the show get big and I thought, I'm going to do a tour. So I I, I booked... He's exactly... (laughs) the same as the guy in the show.
4: He just goes blazing in head first and things kind of work out and if they don't work out exactly how he thought they would, he modifies, doesn't he? And
1: he, he? he, he was... He, just every now and then he'd, he would throw in a line. He was talking about someone he said, and, he, and, and that person was gay. Not that there's anything wrong with it. And just, you know, the Seinfeld fanboy in me went, yeah, nice one, dude. He talked about the Soup Nazi and it was just... Um, uh, Joyce you're, you're, you're going to hear him what was the what's his email address his
4: email address is tourmail at yes. kennycramer.com and by the way the last hour of this show is going to be him yeah but I'm not a massive Seinfeld knot he is yeah. just a wonderful oh. character and what a story so oh he's an old head be, he's an to...
1: old head what, what that guy must have seen and got up to um, but it, it was it was great we sat outside you can hear the cars and the traffic and the noise and the most
4: persistent waiting staff you've oh, yeah. ever heard of in your life they really wanted us to eat they, they
1: wanted us to eat one of their giant breakfasts um but he was you're right he was a, a great storyteller and it was kind of wind him up and, and i wasn't sure what we'd get i thought he might be a little bit crabby a little bit um tricky no not at all he was like he came and sat down i said should we start he went yeah let's go the, the press record he was away tourmail at kennycramer.com Email him, tell him you've heard heard him on the show or you're looking forward to hearing him on the show Uh, It will make his day.
4: And by the way, if you're even thinking about coming to New York and going on that tour, do it this year because he's talking about
1: retirement. Yeah, he's going to stop doing it so so do it and when you book it say you heard about it on, on this show and it's great Saturday afternoons um, it, I think it's midday till three o'clock. And uh, he'll take you. He does a little stand-up show where he, he shows you clips from the show and talks about his life. Uh, and then you go on a bus and he takes you to the Soup Nazi. Um, he
4: tells he you how to order without getting yeah, in trouble. He
1: takes you to the, you know, if you've ever seen an episode of Seinfeld, the cafe, he takes you to the cafe that you see in almost every single episode. It is, it is fantastic. Um, and he's just one of those people that, you know, he, he can bullshine for... For king and country, you will
4: love him. I loved him. I thought it was great. And I'm not a Seinfeld fan. I think that's what they call him, a Seinfeld fan.
1: I don't. Oh, I don't know. The thing about Seinfeld, right? We've, listen, if you want to find us, you have got seven minutes, and then uh, and then it's going to be the Kenny Kramer interview. So, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. The thing about Seinfeld and Larry Sanders, which I always associate together because they came out at the same time, um, the BB and they, and they're like really intelligent. Funny shows, you know, really clever shows. Unlike the, the, the thing that put me off Seinfeld was the, because I heard that and there were these weird bits where he was doing stand up. I never liked the stand up. Did start
4: and end with stand
1: up? Yeah, and I saw that. And I thought, oh, this looks naff. Yeah. Once you get past the slap bass, it's, it's genius. But the BBC would show them. And sometimes they are on Thursday night, 10.30 and 11. Sometimes they're on Tuesday night, 9 and 9.30. Sometimes they wouldn't be on for two weeks. It was all over the schedules. You could never find what a universally credited as two of the funniest shows to come out of
4: America. But was there a narrative? I mean, did you have to see them in order? or They were were self-contained,
1: weren't they? No. um, Larry Sanders, there's a narrative, yeah. As I found out when I started watching season two on DVD... And he'd, he'd split up with his wife. It was oh. like, well, how did that happen? And uh, I watched those episodes, then put in the second disc of season two and realised I'd watched disc two first and not disc one. So it was completely um, buggered, basically. Mm, is, uh, the be thing. warned. But they did that at the BBC. And I, I could never understand. They had these two valuable jewels in their pocket. Um, and they just kind of just put them out there as filler and, and, and completely wasted them. and And so most people in Britain couldn't be bothered trying to find it. So they didn't see it. They missed out on something that was absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's coming up uh, soon, dear listener, um, if you'd like to. The thing, I, um, I wanted to talk about this earlier on and we never got around to it. We mentioned it briefly yesterday, but I am seriously, I can't lean on the table because my tennis elbow. If I do that, Ooh, it, it will hurt. Um, I am seriously considering um, going back to being a vegetarian, mm. I kind of—I've been thinking a lot—that this trip to New York will be my last hurrah as a meat eater, a meter.
4: The swan song is happening now.
1: Is can it? Can you eat swan? If I, you're the queen. If you're, jeez, uh, um, does she really own all of the swans in England? Uh, I don't. Does she? How can she own the swans and why can she eat them and not us? I'd love to eat a swan. Would
6: you?
1: I live near swans.
4: They are, they're very muscly. I wonder how tough.
1: They oh, I'd live. Really I live tough. near swans. I I would like to um, ram a kebab up its jacksie through its long neck mm. um, and roast it, spit roast it.
4: Okay, you've given that a lot of thought. I, I find have that chilling, and yeah. I also think that's probably a lot of that is frowned upon.
1: Well, it's it's illegal apparently, and I don't see. Why? I think they should have a second general election, and Theresa May should say, yes, we're going to bring back fox hunting, and do you know what? You're going to be allowed to eat swans if you vote for us, the well, Tories. that's probably
4: next. That's next on the list. All the things that we thought, hey, wouldn't it be funny if, have
1: happened. Do we have... England, in Britain, is there a... I keep saying England. Sorry, guys. Sorry, Scotland, uh, Wales, and... Um, well, I'm not so sorry, Northern Ireland. Uh, do we have a government yet? Has she Has she sorted that out? I don't quite... Understand. I'll be honest. I've not really been monitoring the um, British news. I've I've kind of been too
4: busy eating all the
1: meats. (laughs) It's been a lot of meat. Um, I've I've looked at some bits and pieces of the news, but I've not really monitored it. One of the joys of of being away is Mm. just being out of that loop so much. You know, it's it's. uh, But I don't. I don't even know if we have a British government yet. She's not. She's not. Done it. I think she's carrying on regardless. She's nuts. Yeah. We can now say officially, Theresa May is a whack job because she has she has she guys. You're listening. You you want has she come out like at 10 Downing Street or on the telly and said, um. You know that general election, I really ballsed up. She's not even acknowledged the no, general no, no. election, has Let's she? Let's pretend
4: it never happened, I think, is the, t- the tactic she's going
1: for. She was supposed to meet with the DUP today. Now she's saying the fire has put that off until later this week. I, we don't have a government, guys. We, and there's loads of people been saying, um, yeah, you shouldn't politicise that tragedy in West London today. No, not today. Should have done it yesterday. Should have done it six months ago. Should have done it five years ago. It's, it's, it's social housing. I don't want to get on my high horse, but it's social housing. Of co- oh, hang on a second. That. What is that?
2: Uh, well, I had to give the bell back to talk sports, so, but they let me the whip for today.
1: Are you Are joking?
2: No, no, they they took it back. There's something, there's something about Andy Goldstein wanting a bell.
1: What do you think this is a... Well, no, Annie Goldstein uh, is a bell. Yeah, well, we know what that. It's some kind of pervert's paradise, Ed. What the hell is going on? You, you can't like, en- announce yourself with a whip.
4: That stuff flies for James Whale, but not on our what watch, my perfect. friend. Put
1: Andre on the line. I want to speak to someone sensible. Yeah, you've got one. That's me. Who's that bloke there answering the phone? I... That's Ed. At... Who's that then? Who is it? Great, here's the thing. We are broadcasting on a delay because of a slightly lower um, internet connection we like. Andre's okay, listening to the de- radio. There is yeah. no way this is going to work. Well, turn your fa- turn the radio down
2: then. Oh, no, sorry. Turn my radio down then. Andre's also
4: thinking on a delay. Is hey, hey, yeah.
3: uh, turn your radio down a bit. No, no, no. <laughs> no, go on. What are you going to say?
1: I don't know, mate. You called us. Well, what I was going to say, you no know, swans. I own all the swans. Do you? Yeah, they're mine. I'm having them. How? how, right, how and, well, and, did you win them in a bet or something? No, they're just mine. I own them all,
2: all and, and all the white doves. Well, what I was going to say? You know that um, you were
3: talking about foxes. Yeah. Like, I was going to go to a, a fox hunt the other night, right? And, and then God, like, hover well, over well,
1: the dump button,
2: Ed. Really nice. oh, hold on, yeah. Yeah, right. He said, uh, well, some some weird village up north somewhere?" And, and then he says, "What are you going to wear?" I said, "Well, I'm gonna, where is it first? I think I'll wear the fox hat. I <laughs> wear yeah. the fox hat. Um, <laughs> Sorry, okay. I, I yeah. didn't mean that. Okay. Right. So, well, what you, was you going to say? Where's the, where's I wasn't going to say the fox hat. The fox yes,
1: hat. Yes, I. Yeah, we get it. You keep saying fox hat and it sounds like swears. That's great, Andre.
3: Don't feed foxes bread, will you?
1: There we go. I mean, unbelievable. This is... uh... You brought him. No, here's the thing, right? Since we've been away, dear listener, I have noticed that the calibre of caller has dropped significantly. I will let it pass this week. Okay. two those left this week I will let it pass this week but when we come back and when we're broadcasting from London on Monday you better up your game <laughs> guys you better up your game
4: We'll be tied we get any of that nonsense um, yeah.
1: dear listener if you want to follow us on our adventures we've not been periscoping as much because we've not been in many places with Wi-Fi but if you follow at Ian Lee and at flipping care on Twitter if you go to youtube.com slash rabbit hole we're posting videos up there um, And, of course, uh, just keep listening. We are back tomorrow at 10. But stay tuned because we have another hour. Um, This is the – we're going to kick off with a Langley School's Music Project song so you get an idea of what that sounds like. Um, But you're also going to hear the chat that we had with Kenny. Tell you what, let's have some ads and then I'll tell you exactly what's coming up. See you in a second.
0: Talk Radio.
1: Dear listener, there is more to come yet. Stay tuned as you get to hear an exclusive interview with Kenny Kramer, who Kramer is based on. You're listening to Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio.
0: Late Nights, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We
2: have ways of making you talk.
1: the line Um, for us it's we've not left the hotel till nine uh, nine o'clock this morning just after um it's a really exciting day today really exciting it's um what is it hang on what day are we wednesday wednesday
4: Wednesday? Mm -hmm. yeah it's
1: wednesday i'm so i'm so confused thank you for that clearing that up um so we're off to meet kenny kramer uh for breakfast i love these i love these breakfast meetings
4: it's the best
1: oh man we should have more we should have breakfast meetings at home Uh, We're off to meet Kenny Kramer. Uh, uh, He was friends with Larry David. And, of course, uh, if you've ever watched Seinfeld, the the, the, um, character of Kramer is based on this guy. Now, I've seen him about ten years ago. Um, uh, I went on a tour. He does New York tours uh, and, you know, kind of Seinfeld tours. Um, And so I saw him with my brother-in-law and my nephew Dylan when Dylan was a baby. So that's really exciting. Um, And then... um, I've had a couple of suggestions from um, people on Twitter of of where else we can go today. And then later on, we're off to see um, Amanda Nazario, uh, who's a friend of mine that I've never met. uh, The brilliant fab, cool, hip uh, WFMU radio station. Um, And then after that, we're right on the other side of town to see John Ronson and Maeve Higgins doing a show. It is going to be a long, hectic and wonderful day. We're here. We're at the Westway Diner um, on 9th Avenue between 43rd and 44th. Uh, this is apparently, I think I've got this right, is where Larry Sa- uh, Larry Sanders, listen to me. Um, Larry David met Jerry Seinfeld. We're, we, uh, waiting for um, Kenny Kramer. You don't, you've never watched Seinfeld, Kath? Yes,
4: I have. You told me you didn't watch it. I didn't watch it loads, but I've seen some. Yeah. All right.
1: Which character is Kramer?
4: The tall, gangly one with the Hawaiian shirt.
1: That's only because I told you that for crying out loud. Um, we're sat outside because it's 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 not a heat wave today. It was a heat wave, and now it's not a heat wave, and it's just nice weather. It's a it's a lot cooler, which is fantastic. Um, we're early, which is unusual for me, and we're keeping our eyes peeled for an old head. In the meantime, let's get some coffee. Well, looky here, I can see Mr. Kenny Kramer. Kenny! Uh-huh. Hey, man! Hello, oh, I'm thrilled. Hello. How are you doing, fella? How, do you know how I feel kind. Hey. Nice, hey. nice, nice, nice to meet you. This is Catherine. Yes. Kenny, come and sit down, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for meeting us.
3: Sure, my pleasure. Do you want some, do you want some breakfast? No, I have a doctor's appointment. They need it best example for my blood
1: work uh oh um, are you cool if we start recording now let's go Fire let's, away. let's go um I have been on your New York tour really yeah about ten years ago oh my goodness um we were all a lot younger <laughs> <laughs> I was the same I'm still the same about 10 years ago me and my brother-in-law and we brought um, we brought my nephew who was a baby uh-huh. and it was kind of a big thing we've got a baby and you were very kind and you, you said the baby's cool if he makes any noise the baby's not cool
3: <laughs> 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 it's a very small theater. It's quite distracting to have an infant. Yeah. Wailing. he behaved. But, uh, well, thank goodness. And you behaved.
1: I, he was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was a it was a great tour. Uh, um we'll, we'll get to the tour in a minute and where people can go because I, I I've been on it and if you're listening I thoroughly recommend it. It's it's just a joy if you're a fan of Seinfeld. Thank you. Um but for those who don't know, and believe it or not, there are some people that have never seen Seinfeld. I can't imagine the that. Honestly, I'm really, it, th- those losers.
3: Uh, it's hard to believe that no one's ever... Someone, I heard there are three people in all of North America that have never seen Seinfeld, but that's as many as there are, I think. <laughs> you, The, the character of, of Cosmo Kramer is based on you, Sir Kenny Kramer. That's true. What a fluke that was, huh? Uh, God, you, you were friends with Larry David, yeah? You know, I, I was doing stand-up in the 70s and 80s, and Larry and I became friends. Well, actually, we became friends when we moved into the same building at about the same time. Yeah. And uh, then he went on to L.A. to do a TV show for a couple of years wanted to move back to New York. And I finagled and conned this guy across the hall that would allow Larry to be his roommate. <laughs> and then he ended up getting a job, and uh, he he was a... A young actor, about 25 years old, but he looked like he was 14, a yep. little guy. Got the job as a token white teenager on Japanese Sesame Street. Japanese Sesame Street, wow! Moves to Tokyo, loves Asian women, hadn't been seen since. And uh, and that left Larry right across the hall, just like it looks on Seinfeld. last two apartments at the end of the corridor. And Larry lived there about five and a half years. And... You know, so many of the things that happened in our lives during that period of time ended up as episodes and adventures on Seinfeld. And, of course, that's what my tour is all about. Yeah. Telling, And, you know, there's a stage version of the tour now.
1: It's, I did not know
3: that, yes, sir. there is. It's called Kramer on Seinfeld. There's a website, krameronseinfeld.com And I travel to theatres, colleges, corporate events, wow. things like that. And, and it's basically the same stories behind the stories and video clips and stuff like that. It's a lot of fun.
1: If people... We've got listeners in the UK that come to New York a lot. If people want to find out about the tour... Where do they go?
3: I'm very easy to find it. <laughs> I'm com. K-E-N-N-Y-K-R-A-M-E-R.
1: And the tour is a joy, you know, because I'm a huge... For, the, for me, the, the two great American comedy shows are Larry Sanders oh, and yeah. Seinfeld. I mean, the, what, what a period for comedy.
3: It's funny you should mention that, because I just started re-binge-watching Larry Sanders' show.
1: Me too, I just bought the box set. I've just oh, finished yeah. season one, and I'm starting wow. season
3: two. Uh, Netflix has every episode on there, so... Wow. Uh, yeah, that's unquestionably one of the finest shows ever. You know, the writing on that is amazing. And Gary Shand, I mean G- Gary
1: Shandling and, and Jerry Seinfeld, just two wonderful, wonderful comedians. It, yeah. Are you a uh, no, I'm good. Can I get another coffee, please? Are you ready, guys? Thank you. Yeah, we're going to be two minutes, and yeah, thank you. They're hustling us to order breakfast, which we're going to get in a minute because oh, okay. we're starving. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. We will. Um, the, the tour is great. It starts off in, it is a tiny theatre,
3: isn't it, that you kind of start off yeah, and you do a little yeah, tour? Yeah, 64 seats. And uh, I do an hour of stand-up, telling all the stories behind the stories, and I show a few clips of Larry talking about me. And, uh, and then we board this luxury coach, and when, when you were on the tour, did we stop for soup? We stop for soup, yeah, we stop for soup. Okay, yes, we go, go. because he closed for about five years. Oh, really? This is the soup Nazi. That's what they call him, yes. (laughs) Uh, He became a franchise called Original Soup Man Soup, (laughs) and there might even be one at Heathrow. Oh, I know, yeah. But, uh, yeah, we stop for soup, and uh, we take pictures, and we... That's a great time, what can I say? It
1: is a great time. And it's, I mean, for me, the uh, one of the highlights was when you we, you, you... we turn a corner, and suddenly we're outside um, the diner that is is—is in every single episode of Seinfeld. It's just about, yeah. It's yeah.
3: stunning. Uh, yeah, yeah. What's so special about this place? You brought us to the Westway Diner on 9th. What's so special this about this? This is special because in the first booth on the right, behind the register, that's where Larry and Jerry sat when they plotted out their wow. first conversation about a television show. Wow! Yeah, happened right here. It's a Seinfeld landmark. <laughs> I used to have a Seinfeld official Seinfeld landmark sign, but they redid the place, and the sign didn't make it. Losers. <laughs> they don't know. They don't know what they're missing. Oh, they know. They know because I think actually Larry, I think Larry and Jerry came up here for a TV interview. Oh wow! And sat in that booth at some point. So. Um, you love the tour, don't you?
1: This, is what, I, I, this may have changed over the last ten years. Maybe you. <laughs> I don't know. But when we were there, you 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 were genuinely. You'd obviously done it a hundred times, but you loved it.
3: Well, first of all, I don't do it every day. I only do it once a week. And yeah. I only, for the last several years, I've only been doing it about five months a year. Okay. So it stays fresh. It's not like I have a real job and, you know, I get up in the morning and dread having to go to work. Yeah. It's fun for me and it's fun because of uh, of the audience. I mean, the Seinfeld demographic is probably the greatest demographic in the history of television in terms of... Uh, highest educated, most computer literate, most leisure time activities. Well, you know, they're just basically smart, rich people with a sense of humor. And, and if you're going to hang out with anybody, smart, rich people with a sense of humor are my kind of people. So. When did you first start doing
1: the tour? When was the moment you went, Aha, I've got an idea. Thank you. Uh, the first time I
3: started doing it, or the first time I had the aha? The, the, uh-huh. the first
1: idea, the aha, uh-huh, the, the light
3: bulb moment. Well, what happened was in the... Uh, Early '80s, uh, the mid '80s actually, uh, CD-ROMs became a very popular thing. Yeah. Uh, CD-ROMs were uh, were being put out. Okay,
1: we're gonna order. Uh, to They're really hustling
3: us to eat, man. That's all right. Let them hustle good. away. Pancakes are good. Everything here is good. Oh man, the, the food here is in America is incredible. Yeah, it, it's the portions that freak people out. The portion <laughs> sizes, you know. I get a lot of Aussies on the tour, and that's, they all go crazy with like, the size of these portions. Three of us could eat here, mate. <laughs> so uh, anyway, CD-ROM, CD, so. CD-ROM, so uh, So now Seinfeld is like a hit, and it's becoming very popular. Kramer's becoming the most beloved next-door neighbor in the history of television. And I'm enough of an entrepreneur to realize that, you know, here's an opportunity to really cash in on this. I mean, you know, Kramer's based on me. So, you know, the character Kramer knows all the ins and outs of the city, and where to, like, see movies for free and have dinner for nothing and all that stuff. And I figured, what I'm going to do is a CD-ROM called Kramer's New York in which I'll take people behind the scenes of how to, like, you know, what are the great restaurants that have a free happy hour with hors d'oeuvres and, you know, just all of these great places you can go and see movies and do things. And so I wrote a proposal, and at this time, the big publishing companies were all beginning to have electronic publishing divisions. And so I went around pitching it, and the response that I got was like, well, basically, what you're selling us here is nothing more than a database, And if you really want to have a hit title in CD-ROM format You either have to have a game or entertainment content So now I go home and I'm thinking Well, what the hell kind of game, what kind of entertainment I said, you know, when people find out that that character is based on me They all want to know how that happened What happened in real life, what became episodes So I figured, I'm going to have a Seinfeld reality check That's what my project was and as I had that thought, one of those Grey Line double-decker buses drove past my window and, and the aha moment came. A tour! I'll make it a tour! Within a few minutes, I'm on the phone. I have an appointment to see the president of Grey Line Sightseeing. And my plan was to have them give me a bus and a driver in exchange for promotional considerations to shoot the video of me going by these Seinfeld landmarks and explaining to it. So I have this appointment the next day got president of Grey Line a guy named Charlie Flateman we sit down we talk and I picture my idea and what I'd like is you to give me the bus and driver for a couple of days so I can video all the you know ent- content that I want for the DVD-, around, DVD and he says well yeah that sounds great we'd love to do that with you but have you ever could- Okay, yeah, listen, we're gonna. I'm going to get
1: um, I'm going to get pancakes pancakes yeah. but I want Mm. I'm going to get the red, white and blue please thank same, you man
4: same, please. Okay. thank you very much you don't
1: want anything Can
3: you I can't all- eat I'm um, okay. fasting so uh, so anyway he says to me uh, well you know this just sounds like it could be a great you know thing and we'd be happy to provide a bus in exchange for being the official sightseeing tour for the uh, Seinfeld reality check CD-ROM but did you ever think of actually having a tour <sighs> Because that's what we do here at Greylight, we run tours. Yeah. So I said, no, it never occurred to me. He said, uh, well, why don't you think about it? Because this could be very successful. So anyway, I, I, he said, why don't you uh, take some of our tours and see what it's like you know, for tour guides and how they do it and so on. And, and also we want you to get a sightseeing tour guide license. Okay? So I go downtown to the office that issues those licenses. And the number one thing that they're interested in, are there any warrants for your arrest? <laughs> in other words, you had to have a clean criminal record to qualify, you know. And the test was was based on a, a book, The Michelin Guide to New York. It's like taking a driver's test, yeah. you know. If you read this book and, take, and there was a grid and you had to cross out where the Museum of Modern Art is and where Central Park oh is, you know. So anyway, I get my license and I start going on the tours. And a friend of mine named Bobby, a former comedian, I enlisted him to help me. He's very, very funny and a great writer and very conscientious. And so we worked out a route, you know, that that made sense, you know, from uh, for the logistics. And we, we got in my car at night and we started driving this route and I started talking about, you know, the idea was that... There should be no dead air, just commentary the entire time. (coughs) Excuse me. So after we have the route worked out and got my pitch, my spiel sort of set up, I called Charlie. I said, we're ready to do some trial runs. So the deal was we were going to be partners 50-50, you know, and they were going to sell the tickets. So the first trial run... You know, and I told him, I'm going to use video clips, so I need a bus that has a working DVD. You know, Well, the first bus they send is like an hour late, and there's no DVD, and the driver is pissed off that he has to do this, because it's not like he has a bus full of people where they'll tip him. It was just me, you know. So he... Uh, anyway, the next time I ask for a bus, again, it comes without a DVD player, and, you know... And then the 800 number that they were supposed to sell tickets, just out of curiosity, I called it, it never answered. Oh, <laughs> you know, so I'm thinking, how the hell am I going to sell tickets if they're not answering yeah. the phones? So anyway, I decided, uh, oh, and then I also, I decided the show should open with a movie, with a little explaining a little about me, and because uh, nobody knew who Larry David was at that point. Yeah. You know, he, oh, of course, he, he, yeah, behind the scenes. He was a completely unknown yeah. entity, you know. And the Grey Line headquarters had a, a, a little theater in there, about a 70-seat theater with a big movie screen, and I thought that would be perfect, you know, so I told them I'd like to start with this five-minute movie, and I wanted them to pay for it, you know, they're my partners, right, yeah. and they're putting up the money, I'm putting up the talent, they said, no, I don't think we could really pay for it, so I, and with all the stuff that was going on, I decided we'd just part company, and they wished me luck and they were actually thought I would be a pain in the ass anyway so are you a pain in the ass well I can be <laughs> <laughs> when I'm when I'm dealing with stuff that's stupid and stupid people I tend to become short tempered anyway uh, I fire Gray line. we're not going to be partners I rent a theater right across the street from my house um, in like fact, my windows faced the theater. When I moved into my apartment, I always said, you know, someday I'm going to have a show in that theater and then I can sit here with binoculars and watch the audience come in, you know. So my friend is running that theater right across the street. So I, I booked the theater and I called a, a New Jersey van company that has like these 32-seat vans and hired them, you know. and uh, And then I had like about three weeks left. To uh, sell tickets And how the hell am I going to sell tickets You know So a little backstory. About a year before I was in Florida And I got a phone call message on my machine That this writer From New York Times Wanted to talk to me He's doing a story about Seinfeld And the guy's name was John Tierney And at this time Seinfeld was embroiled in a little bit of a scandal because he was like, you know, 39 degree years old and dating this girl who hadn't graduated high school oh. yet. Shoshana was her name. Yeah. And, and that was like... So whenever reporters would call, they want to know something about Shoshana, and I know nothing about this, and and I didn't feel any reason to return this call, you know. But I took his phone number and put it in my pocket. I wrote it down, put it in my pocket. And, uh... Then I come back to New York, and I go through empty my pockets. I see his phone number, and I put it up on my bulletin board. For some reason, I just wrote John Tierney, New York Times, and the phone number. I just put it on my bulletin board and forgot about it. Now it's a year later, and I need to sell tickets.
0: <laughs>
3: so I look at my bulletin board. John Tierney, New York Times. Hmm, why not? So I call up. Answering machine goes off. Hi, this is John Tierney from the New York Times. Please leave a message at the tone. Beep. Hi, this is Kenny Kramer, Larry David, Jerry Seinfeld's friend. I'm returning your phone call. <laughs> so he cracked up. and He was he was like monitoring, you know, screening calls. He cracks up laughing and picks up the phone. He says, well, it took you long enough. Fantastic. So... I, you know, after we kibitzed around a little bit I said, well the reason I'm calling is I have this show that I've created called uh, Kramer's Reality Tour which is now in rehearsal and it's going to be me telling all the stories behind the stories of Seinfeld, is this something you might want to write about he says, well I generally write for the magazine section I don't really write anymore for the newspaper but let me call the metro section editor and see if they want the story Calls me back in five minutes They want the story Beautiful Okay (laughs) So John Tierney uh, Meets us at the theater My partner Bobby at the time and, yes, the show is coming along. We're in rehearsal, which was total bullshit. Can I say that? You can say that. <laughs> it was total bullshit. We didn't rehearse there. Nothing. <laughs> and Bobby's directing, and we're rehearsing, and blah, blah, blah. And then we walked him around, and we showed him a couple of the Seinfeld sites. Like, there used to be a fruit stand over there where Kramer was barred from uh, for returning peaches. In real life, Larry was barred for squeezing. And the actor's studio around the corner over there where. Uh, Kramer and his little friend were taking acting classes and, and so there were about five locations Then, of course we ended up in the first booth on the right here at the, at the diner. And so I uh, give him this whole story and, and then there's a dispute that I had this 800 number, 1-800-Kramer's, K-R-A-M-E-R-S, and uh, he wanted to put it in the article and Bobby was saying I'm going to say No, no, it shouldn't be in the article you know." And if, if you go to my website You could read the story Just google Kramer, John Tierney, New York Times You can read the article To make a long story short The phone number appears in the article you know, okay. okay, so now we leave John Tierney He says this will probably be in the paper around Thursday This was on a Saturday said, Cool Thursday morning about 5 a.m. Four or five a.m. My phone rings. Hi, is this Kenny Kramer? I said yes, because the eight hundred number was call forwarded to my home phone. Said, yeah, we went straight and, to you. And I and I thought you know that I'd like may get some company and transfer the calls to a service or something. Yeah. But I never got around to it. So when the phone rings, this guy says, "Is this Kenny Kramer?" I'm real tentative. I said, "Yeah."
6: <laughs>
3: I said, "What is this about?" says well I work at the New York Daily News I'm just coming home from work now and I picked up a copy of the New York Times and there's a fabulous story about you in, in, in today's paper I said oh that's great well thanks for calling you know and I hung up and then it started <laughs> it was like ever you ever hear the expression of phones ringing off the hook yeah, yeah. you pick it up, rings, hang up put it down, wow. rings again rings again I had got 7,500 phone calls.
6: <laughs>
3: and the thing was that I was paying AT&T when I got the service. I didn't really shop for it because I wasn't using them much. But they were getting like 30 cents a call whether someone answered or not.
0: That you were paying for?
3: I was being billed for. Wow. <laughs> oh. Well done. So it ended up at about 10,000 calls. When the bill came in, I called up AT&T. I said, look, it has got to be a mistake here. And 10,000 calls? Come on. I said, oh, yeah, absolutely. What did you spend last month on the bill? I think, I think it was $15. He said, okay, we'll make it $15 wow. for this month. So, I'm sure the statute of limitation on that crime is over. <laughs> <coughs> so anyway, the story comes out. It's a great story about me and the tour and... Uh, and my picture is above the fold which i found out later is a big deal i had a picture above the fold right, in the okay. new york times ooh that's good you know and of course print media drives broadcast media so all the assignment editors are getting up at 6 in the morning seeing what news they're going to do for the day see the, me <laughs> and the next thing you know i got every tabloid every network everybody they're waiting in my lobby and i'm taking them one at a time you know to, to do these interviews It's just exploded. the 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 next day after that, I was literally famous overnight. I'd walk down the street. Oh, it's Kramer! It's Kramer! (laughs) And so, in the meantime, ticket sales. I had to put on uh, ten weeks, what I call previews, and that sold out like in a matter of a few hours.
1: Beautiful. Thank
3: you. Look at that. Isn't that gorgeous? Wow! Fantastic. What a breakfast! Wow! Uh, We want to take a break while you have your breakfast. You want me to hold the microphone? I'd hate to see you Wasting a yeah, good record. We'll not get wasted We have plenty of time So where was I? So the tickets sell out Right away I'm only doing one show On Saturdays And uh, the tickets Sold out so fast That I added a second show So we were doing Two on Saturdays And two on Sundays yeah. And uh in the meantime, I had done nothing about rehearsing. So you didn't—you didn't have a show. You had an idea in your head, but you didn't really have a show. Exactly. <laughs> but I figured. That's my, such a Kramer thing. I'm enough of an entertainer. I've done stand-up for like you know 15 years at that point. I'm sure I could pull this off, you know. <laughs> my partner Bobby wrote a whole opening monologue. You haven't even looked at it. We're open. The show starts in a week. You don't even have the first line of it thing. Don't worry, Bobby, it'll be okay. <laughs> and so the first tour was on a rainy day. It was like a monsoon. It was teeming rain. And because I only had 30 seats on the bus, you know, there were 30 people sold out, but there were like another 50 reporters, cameramen, all that stuff hanging out in front of the theater under the canopy trying to save themselves from the rain. And, uh And of course I couldn't take them with me Everybody, you know I'm so and so from such and such a newspaper Like they were a big deal Like well, you know You got room for us of course, right? No, I'm sorry, we're sold out Anyway, I do the first tour The publicity continues on for The next couple of years actually Every now and then you know, I got the hang of how to be a Publicist, publicity hound a, A media whore Or whatever you want to call it And so like, you know There came a time when uh, the soup Nazi became very popular. The world found out that that episode was based on a real guy at a real place. And uh, I ended up putting a sign advertising my tour on the wall next to his soup kitchen, which was a thing that holds flyers in it. And uh, and next to it, I put up a sign of how to order soup properly so as not to piss off the soup chef. (laughs) I come back... Oh, and so, I, w- I had got cast to be uh, play a part in, in a sh- in an interactive show called Tony and Tina's Wedding. I don't okay. know if you ever heard of it. No. But um, oh yes, it's a play, and you're, the the audience guess, are guests. guests yes, yeah, at yeah. the wedding, right? So I was I I was cast to play the real Kramer, a celebrity friend of Nunzio, Tony's father. <laughs> uh, so I. Uh, I was unveiling my signs. I put out a uh, a media alert that uh, my first advertising venture with the signs next to the soup kitchen will be unveiled at at whatever time was necessary to make the 12 o'clock news. I get there and there's red paint covering the sign with the instructions how to order soup. And there's drops of red paint leading from my sign right into his store. (laughs) It was hilarious. So I was getting all these incredible gigs one of the gigs I was getting was from a big PR from Rogers and Cowan that hired me to publicize uh, Nabisco Banana Nut Breakfast Cereal Beautiful. Like but in getting this gig I got friendly with the guy who's the head of the PR agency so when I get up there and see the paint covering my sign and the drops of paint <laughs> leading into his door I called up this buddy of mine in PR. I said, listen, how should I deal with this? He says, don't say a word. Take the high road. I'll be there in 20 minutes. (laughs) He comes with a handout that says, Nabisco is is going to protect my right of free speech. (laughs) It became a free speech issue. (laughs) Right. And is going to pay for me to put up a sign, put up a new sign. And that... uh, guaranteed Nabisco has more money to put up signs than this guy has to buy paint (laughs) and so he gave away this handout and the next day on the AP wire, I became friends with an AP writer, Associated Press is awesome, you know and because Seinfeld is an international hit, you know, when they put it on the wire it goes on the domestic wire and on the uh, yeah so the headline in thousands of newspapers throughout the world is Kramer at war with the soup Nazi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's delicious.
3: And that invited a whole new bunch of morning radio phoners yeah. and all that stuff. And so that, in the meantime, the store, tour is doing really well. And, uh, and so that, that goes on. And then I did other things like uh, I ran for mayor of New York, supposedly. You know, I, I was going to run in the Democratic primary, but I had also gotten booked to go to Australia wow. and do the stage version of the tour, which I didn't have, but you know, I knew what I did in the theater, throw in a little more video, and I got it. And that came about funny, because the L.A. Times was going to do a story about me. And I was very excited that the L.A. Times is doing a feature story. The story publishes on the Saturday of Christmas week. Christmas weekend, like the, the the readership that day had to be like three people or something. But how things work out? That's a lot of ambient noise, isn't I it? Think this, this is just going to pick you up. Don't worry. This oh, okay. is a Cool little microphone. So, as it work, as it turns out, a, pub, a guy who owns a big publicity company named Dreamcoat uh, is flying from Sydney to New York to L.A gets off the plane and buys a copy of that Saturday's L.A. Times with my stories in it, sends me an email, says, I have a publicity company in Australia. I'm in four cities. We do a huge job. We would love to have your account. So I wrote him back and I said, well, I'd love to give you my account. Get me a gig and then you could be the publicist for it. So she says, what would you do? I said, I would turn the tour into a stage show. And he says, uh, have you ever done that? I said, no, but I know I can. So on my word that I could pull this thing off, he went out and rented two theaters and put up a lot of money in advertising and flew me and Bobby to Australia to uh, do the tour, or do the stage show, which at the time was called uh, The World of Seinfeld According to Kramer. And so with all that on my plate, I really couldn't be running for mayor. You know, <laughs> it, it takes like... 3,500 signatures on a ballot to get onto the mayoral primary for... I was running as a Democrat. So I abandoned my run for mayor. Never say never, Kenny. Never say never. Of course, announcing for mayor was an international story as well. It kept me momentum going. Yeah. So now it's like four years later. I'm doing an internet television show on New Year's Eve and Gary Baumgarten, who was then the uh, New York Bureau chief for CNN News, which is a service that sells you know these five-minute news breaks to like thousands of radio stations I know Gary from previous interviews, and I'm doing this in- Internet show. We go to commercial. Gary says, "Kenny, can I get a quick sound bite with you?" I said, "Sure." So he says, "Well, let me ask you this." Coming up into mayoral season, have you ever thought of running for mayor? And at this time, one of the United States governors had become a senator, you know, Jesse Ventura, who's a a professional wrestler who is now a United States senator. So he asked me, Would you think of running for mayor? I said, Well,
1: beautiful, beautiful.
3: I said, If a professional wrestler can become a United States senator, why can't I become a mayor? And he says, "Thank you, Kenny." And then it goes on, you know, to thousands of radio stations throughout the world. And as it turns out, the head of the New York Libertarian political party happens to be listening to the radio and hears that, like, you know, Kramer might be interested in running for mayor. So he calls me up, you know, <coughs> says, uh, "We'd be interested in running for mayor as a libertarian." So I said, well, I don't know much about the Libertarian Party. He says, well, if you go to our website, you know, and I'm reading through the Libertarian Party's manifesto, and, you know, they're in tune with everything I believe. Freedom, 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 you know. And uh, the only thing I disagree with them is their Second Amendment position, the right to bear arms. They think the world would be a better place if everyone has a gun. Wow. Okay. They're all for Second Amendment. That's an opinion, yeah. Yeah, so... So I said, look, I read through the website, and I really am totally with you guys on 99%, but this stuff about, you know, Second Amendment, the right to bear arms, to me the right to bear arms means short sleeve shirts, you know, I'm not, the, I could not, you know, espouse that sort of, thing. He said, you don't have to campaign on anything you don't believe in. I said, okay, fair enough, what's the next step? <coughs> Excuse me. He says, well, the Libertarian Party is having their convention, and you would have to uh, be nominated by the party to be the candidate. I said, great. So I go to their convention, and there's only two candidates running, me and none of the above. (laughs) Fortunately, I prevailed. (laughs) So uh, a guy who became a good buddy of mine uh, is a writer for the AP, His name is Larry McShane. And Larry wrote the article, Kramer for mayor. (laughs) And my slogan was, this time I'm not kidding. (laughs) And having the Libertarian Party behind me, actually I had like 20 people out collecting signatures. You needed 7,500 votes to be on the ballot. And we figured, let's shoot for 10,000 in case we're challenged, you know. And and so... uh, I'm out there in the streets, I'm being interviewed all the time and I have all kinds of funny quips, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm very interested in the tourism industry and, uh, you know, a lot of these mental hospitals are dumping people in the streets that are talking to themselves and it scares the tourists, so I'm going to pair them up with people that hear voices. I had all kinds of frivolous, silly stuff like that. And so anyway, we get our signatures. We have a press conference on the steps of City Hall. Here's our petitions. We're, and we march down to the City Hall to the elect, Board of Elections, which is like at the end of Broadway. It's an eight-block walk with about maybe 20 of us holding Kramer signs. Anyway, uh, we hand in our things. I'm on the ballot. Now, two weeks later, or no, maybe three weeks later... It was going to be a primary election, Democrats to see which of their candidates would run for mayor, and the Republicans, which of their candidates would stand for mayor. So we were waiting to find out who I would be running against. And so one of the things that we did was we bought, I think we paid like 50 cents a name from the, excuse me, from the uh, Libertarian Party a mailing list and to, to get contributions from libertarian-minded people. And we bought the list from New York, New Jersey, and uh, and Connecticut. It was like 15,000 names. And I wrote a letter. It was sort of witty, but it was serious also. I had some serious issues about school and education and, you know, so on. And my takeaway was fairly serious flyer, you know. Yeah. And, and so... Uh, We were waiting to find out who the Republican would be, who the Democrat would be, so I could revise the letter that was going out um, and, you know, punch it up a little, maybe make some jokes about my opponents. Well, the morning of the primary election was 9-11. Oh, wow. Okay. And New York woke up to a beautiful day with the sun shining and two airplanes hitting the World Trade Center. And that took a lot of the frivolity out of, you know, how can I ask people to give money for my stupid campaign when yeah. it's better they should give money to the Red Cross? And so, and the, can- the primary election was cancelled and it kind of took the wind out of my sails for, for the campaign. But then, like, about a month later, they did hold the primary. I was on the ballot. There was more publicity and uh, life went on. Mm.
1: <laughs> you mentioned 9-11. Um that must have been incredible being in New York
3: I was in Florida But you are not here no I was playing golf in Florida I was in a in a celebrity golf tournament and uh, you know when it was first happened uh, you know we're in the clubhouse and there's a picture of smoke coming out of one building and the news reports were that it was some kind of a commuter plane or a private plane that yeah. was an accident and then you know and we were looking at it with one eye and talking and kibbutzing. um and then, of course, when the second plane hit the tower, we knew this is, you know, this is no accident. This is, this is the world has now changed forever. And, uh, I, and the tournament was on a, uh, on a Tuesday, and, of course, they closed all the airspace, and I couldn't get out of Florida until, I think, Friday or Saturday. But it uh, kind of changed everything. And as far as my tour was concerned, business just dropped dead. Yeah. I mean, you know, and 80, 85% of the people on the tour is tourists. Yeah. And so I could no longer do Saturday and Sunday. I had eliminated doing two tours a day a year or so before because it was just too much to talk for seven hours. Was, you know, So I had it down to just one tour Saturday, one tour Sunday, and then when the 9-11 thing happened, I could barely sustain one tour on Saturday. But then as business picked up and people started coming and it was getting back, people were coming to New York to support New York, you know. At that point, uh, I had the business to do Saturday and Sunday, but I had gotten so lazy at that point. I figured, you know, <laughs> when Saturday's over, I'm done for the week. Thank you. Let's go play golf. You know? uh, so I cut it down to just Saturdays. And to this day, it's still one day a week Saturdays. The tour
1: is, the tour is a joy. We're, we're going to give out the websites <laughs> and everything again. We're finish in a second. But I just wonder what... What do you do the rest of the week and the rest of the year when you're not doing the tour? What does
3: Kenny Kramer do? Well, I have a partner. We've been together. My domestic partner and I have been together for 15 years. And I I love telling people I have a domestic partner because they start thinking, ah, Kramer's gay. (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with it, but uh, she happens to be a very talented Brazilian vocalist, keyboard player. And uh, she works exclusively for a cruise line called Crystal Cruises, yep. which is a top, you know, six-star high-end cruise line. And her status is as a guest entertainer, which puts her in passenger status and she can bring someone with her. So for, oh, for the past yeah, for the past uh, fifteen years, well, for the last thirteen years, we've been tra- I've been traveling all over the world in luxury. I mean, I've been to seventy countries. Any city that has a port is worth seeing I've been to you know Oh fantastic. And so and so I was spending about four months a year on Crystal you know ch- ch- touring the world summer's usually in New York that's a busy busy season for yeah. the tour and playing golf, you know, and uh, hanging out. And just, You're having a great life. I'm very fortunate, you know, <laughs> if my health holds out, that's aluminum, it won't work. If my health holds out, uh, everything will be okay. <laughs> uh,
1: the tour is a joy. I hope to catch the the, the full stage show uh, at some point. So, Just give us where, if people want to come and find out more, where do they go to, Kenny?
3: Well, if they want to hear what people think of the tour, TripAdvisor has like about 100 reviews of the tour. Uh, there are... Uh, I think there are like 108 106 of them, 105 of them are excellent 5 stars 102 of them are like excellent, very good and one of them is terrible, miserable it's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life <laughs> what, 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 Who wrote that?
1: You know that person's name and everything Yeah, I
3: know who wrote it <laughs> Someone who This guy who worked on my campaign when I ran for mayor I had to fire him because he wasn't getting signatures on the ballot of New York registered voters. He was getting babes. (laughs) And I'd look at the ballots he was handing in and there were addresses. They were all women and there were like places like Sweden, the UK, you know, Argentina. I said, you can't do that, you know. He was a volunteer. So I said, you either have to get New York Democratic voters or you can't be on the campaign. So he ended up suing me. Uh-oh. in a small claims court claiming he never got paid. Right. You know, a campaign volunteer would have the concept, but... It's a long story. It ended up Judge Judy heard the case on her TV show. I love. We love Judge Judy! Oh, you know, do you? Oh, man! So, uh, maybe you can get to the archive, because Kramer... Well, I'm going to dig that out. Yeah. I was a defendant in Judge Judy's courtroom. Who won? Of course I did. Yeah, I did. of course. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. So, uh, anyway, so... Um, where were we
1: uh, we were t- we t- there's one bad review on TripAdvisor ignore uh, that that's uh, a bitter find me yeah
3: go to TripAdvisor K- Kramer's Reality Tours New York City and you can read reviews of people who've enjoyed it if you go to kennykramer.com there's a picture of a bus you click on that it takes you to a link that talks all about the tour and then a link for booking online Uh if you're interested, if you have a theater, college, corporate event, something like that, my, my stage show is called KramerOnSeinfeld.com, and there's clips and there's all kinds of information.
1: And the tour, if you're a fan of Seinfeld, if you're a fan of popular culture, if, you, if you're just in New York and you've got a few hours, you know, you've got a Saturday free, I thoroughly recommend it. It is a real joy.
3: Well, thank you. Saturday from noon till about 3 o'clock. Have a light breakfast. We stop for soup.
1: <laughs> Kenny, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's such a thrill to meet you, man. I really appreciate you coming out today. Thank
3: you. Well, thank you for, uh, for giving me some airspace. Um, you know, meet... you going to run for mayor again? No. <laughs> I think those days are done. Um, uh, I'm pretty much thinking about retirement in about a year or wow. so, you know. So any of your listeners out there that want to do this tour, you better start booking your ticket to New York.
1: We finished the interview... But Mr. Kramer would like to add a final point.
3: Yes, listen, if you're listening to this show, would you send me an email to tourmail at kennykramer.com? Because for all I know, these people who are interviewing me, they may have just come off the street from somewhere and decided, oh, let's meet Kramer and pretend we're having an interview. So I'd appreciate... Tour, T-O-U-R-M-A-I-L at KennyKramer.com. Thanks.
1: You've got to to email him, otherwise we're going to look like charlatans and uh, fakes. Give us the email address again.
3: It's TourMail, T-O-U-R-M-A-I-L at KennyKramer.com.
0: Talk Radio, the 21st century dream team of dialogue, debate and discourse. Talk Radio,
6: give it some lift.